Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Please don't push me, but y'all push B. Now we got dwellers from Cali to Flatbush B. Now they got heat on their feet that say press B. And now we so deep in the streets, y'all can't stress me. Can't curse me. Then bless me. I'm crucifying my flesh. That's less me. SAT from preaching. Can't test me. Atheists are now believing. That bless me. Yeah, we got the basement replacing any of those worldly pursuits that y'all chasing. Any of those trials and tests that y'all facing. Any of the relationships that y'all changing. We rearranging. Making the shame shift. Giving Satan back what's his. That's the blame shift. Rise up and walk commands. That's the lame shift Cheat codes for living this life That's the game shift All on Yeshua, man The rest is manure, man I'm dying daily So I rise up a purer man Pressing B daily So my sins looking fewer, man Washing the blood So my sins down the sewer, man Yeah, so press B with me And let's let whatever gon' be just be uh, Yeah, so press B with me And let's let whatever gon' be just be Welcome to The Basement, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Tim Ross. I hope you're doing well. I hope you have just had a great day. No matter what kind of day you're having, actually, I'm just glad you are here. Thank you for trusting us to provide a safe environment, for you to be able to give us the gift of your vulnerability, and for us to be able to give you the gift of ours. Um, I'm so grateful that you pressed B. Speaking of which, shout out to my press beers, shout out to my uh, dwellers, shout out to our promoters. Um, I really appreciate you all supporting us and being there for us in the way that you are. Also, for those generous souls on Cash App and PayPal, I love you. And I ask you every single week almost, what are you doing? Like, why, would, what, why are you even doing? Like, don't you have a latte to buy? Don't, isn't there... But your support is the reason why we get to be out here the way we are unapologetically. And uh, I'm grateful for it. Hey, listen, I'm so hyped about my guest. Like, I literally, as composed as I am, as chill as I sound, as relaxed as my disposition and body language is showing you, I'm turned up, fam. And the reason why I'm turned up is because I have uh, one of my closest friends and confidants who also happens to be my life coach. Uh, we are former co-workers and uh, we are lifelong friends. Or I should say, we, yes, we are lifelong friends because we're going to be together until Jesus comes back. Um, I haven't known her lifelong, but I feel like I have. Mm. And um, I'm just so grateful that she's here with us today. She is a therapist, life coach, a sex therapist, um, heavy on the sex therapy. <laughs> Praise God. Um, 
and um, she has helped me not murder people and uh, kept me sane uh, through some pretty triggering episodes in my life. And uh, I'm forever grateful for that. Mm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to uh, present to some and introduce to others the one, the only, my homie, forever. Nancy Houston is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go! I'm so happy. Oh, Tim Ross. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about you today, of course, because I knew I was coming to be with you. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about you is, you know, you've been in my leadership group for... Six years. Six years. Uh-huh. One of the things I love about you is you're one of the most coachable people I know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you, you are. You know, a lot of people, like my son said the other day, he's coaching a 11-year-old boys baseball team, and he said, a lot of players don't want to be coached. They want to mm. play, but they don't want to be coached. Mm. And I'm like, isn't that true? And he said, that's just human nature. And I'm like, it is human nature. Wow. Right? But you, like, I may present something, that I can tell is even a hard pill for you to swallow. <laughs> You've done that multiple times. Oh, my goodness. But then I will watch you at the next break or at lunch. You'll go outside. You'll get on the phone, and you will do the hard thing. Yep. And then you'll come back in. I'm like, hey, what was going on? And you're like, you know that thing mm-hmm. that you challenged me on? Mm-hmm. I just did it. Yep. And I'm like, yeah. you you don't even wait till the day's <laughs> over. You know what I mean? Like... You are like, oh, I made that phone call. (laughs) It's very true. It's so true about you. You are so coachable. Thank you. One of my favorite stories, so I used to do a group, a leadership group in New York, Mm -hmm. and I was um, with one of the couples. Mm -hmm. So I, John Townsend had a group for the men. I had a group for the women. And we were having like a glass of wine afterwards. And I said to the one, one of the husbands, like, your wife is so coachable. Wow. And that's just, it's a gift. It's rare. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he said, well, here's the thing I learned about being coachable, Nancy. He said, I belong to a millionaire's club. Mm. <laughs> and he said one time, but if you couldn't make your group, you could go like, maybe he belonged to billionaires. He said, if you couldn't make your group, you could go to the millionaire. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and if you couldn't make your millionaire group, you could go, go to the folks who make like, you know couple hundred thousand a year whatever you know starts going down fast know, after those like, millionaires like, oh. anyway <laughs> yeah 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 they had a lot of money anyway um he said and what i learned from going to those different groups is when the coach would tell the mil- millionaires the billionaires what to do mm. they would do it immediately wow he said when i went to the millionaires group they had to have a little bit of argument pushback when I went to the group where they make maybe a hundred thousand a year, they would like, no, we can't do it. And here's why. No, we can't do that. And here's why. And, uh, that wouldn't work for me. And you don't get my situation. And I'm like, wow, being coachable is masterful. So I just want to tell you that you are a huge gift that way because it's so fun to be able to coach somebody who's coachable. Thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. 
That means a lot to me coming from you. Yeah, man, it means a lot to me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because I did not expect you to say that. Well, you're you're like a highlight. <laughs> you're a bright spot. Thank you. Yeah, you really are. You're Thank a you. Spot. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. I feel good. <laughs> I feel good about life. Okay, so um, he, I don't. We can talk about anything. We could. We could literally talk about anything. I'm yeah. ready to why, like, jump on any wave mm-hmm. that you want to jump on. Yeah. I um. What the dwellers don't know that I want them to know. Yeah. Is, um, my time with you in the last six years, is visible here Mm -hmm. every week the only thing that i'm replicating is what you give me Mm -hmm. and nine other people once a month for eight hours so so get this y'all right we do a pod and you know i might have a guest or we do a live we might go two hours and stuff or you know i'll do if I do a solo pod and we'll answer questions and we'll talk whatever, maybe 90 minutes, two hours. Yeah. I'm with this woman and nine other people, cohort men and women for eight hours, once a month for the last six years. Yeah. It's intense. It's very intense. We go there. Don't we, we go there. We go there. Yeah. It's, my son was saying this morning who he's become an executive coach and he coaches my groups now. That's right. And he said, Mom, what you do is you get out your, you know, what do you call that? Like a lasso? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> he said, you get that out, you swing it a few times and you reach for people's hearts mm. and you pull them in mm. and then they just start opening up their hearts and then we start our day. That's right. You know? That's exactly what you do. That's yeah. a beautiful, Yeah. Good job, Micah. Uh, yeah, good job, Micah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that's always my heart for people is how can we reach your heart? How right. can you and I together yep. reach your heart? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Scripture says above all else, mm-hmm. it is to be guarded because it is precious. That's right. And I don't think we get the preciousness Mm. of our hearts. Mm. And we live in this incredibly cognitive world. And we've given brainiacs so much power. Not Mm. that I'm against brainiacs. I'm not. But we have almost belittled the value of our hearts. And how if we can reach our hearts, we can change our lives. Mm. I don't think... I mean, I love information. You kn- you know I love yeah, information. Yeah, you and I both. Um, I'm a learner junkie. Yeah, yeah, me too. But it's when we can connect what we've learned to our hearts that our lives are changed. Okay, so that's just, this is one spark that's firing off already, is, is that some of us are, um, some of us are trying to fill our heads at yeah. the expense of our hearts. I really think we are, Tim. I really think we are. And I think we can give learning all of the power or our thinking all of the power. And I think thinking is extremely important. For sure. Yeah. Right? 
But if you are not connected to what you are experiencing emotionally, you're disconnected from yourself. Mm. And a self that is disconnected from the self cannot connect with others. Mm. And we were made for connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think connection is one of the most important things we do. And without it, we are sort of like the walking dead. We're zombies for sure. Aren't we? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of uh, conversation around the difference between a community and an audience. Mm. That, I, that I'm not interested in growing an audience. No. I'm, I'm interested in growing a community of people. Yes. Who are committed to vulnerability. Absolutely. It's got to be more than, like in our churches, it's got to be more than butts in the seat. Period. I mean, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, what are we valuing? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love, I heard you say that on one of your podcasts. Like, I want to cultivate a community. That's right. Which means we are connected to each other. It's right. not your some talking head. Right, absolutely. You know, but absolutely. no, I'm connecting with you. And yeah. you're connecting with me. Yeah. And we feel it. Yeah, we feel it. It's so compelling now that, you know, Many places that I go, our community cannot help but to say hi. Yeah. Right? And oh. that makes me feel amazing. Oh, it's I not this standoffish, like, oh, that's the guy I listen to. And, oh, I'm not going to say anything. Or where it's like celebrity. It's like, no, no. I've been in your house, <laughs> mm -hmm. which they kind of have, right? Uh -huh. I've been in the house with you, and you've, for some of them, I've answered their question, mm -hmm. right? I've literally answered their question during our Q&A time or something like that. And it's like, and I really want to, I'm trying to grow a community. Yes, you are. Yeah. And that's because you've become this man who's deeply connected to his own heart. And so you want to help other people do that. That's right. And it's changed your life. It has. Right? It has. All right. So, yeah. so I want them to know about you mm -hmm. as much as you would like to tell yeah. us. And then yeah. I just want to go wherever you want to go. Okay. Whatever. Whatever's on your heart, whatever you brought in with you today, mm. I want it. Okay. And I know you always bring something with you because oh, you spend a lot of time with him. <laughs> yes. And then you bring it out to us. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, we'll, I want us to talk about relationships. Okay. Because oh. that's always burning. In yes. Heart. Absolutely. I mean, you know, our relationships can be our sweet spots and they can be what's ripping us to shreds. Absolutely correct. So, I want to go there. Yep. Um, so, what. I mean, I'm an open book. Yeah. What do you, What would you like me to share with your audience about me, Tim? Yeah, I I, I would love them to have a context to um, your upbringing. Okay. Because yeah. be, because it is there's so many therapists mm -hmm. that, um, and I know this is not you. This is why I'm, I feel comfortable asking you this yeah. question. Yeah. Um, some therapists believe that, like I I want to be transparent but I'm the, but I'm also a therapist. Yes. <laughs> right, yes. right, right. They like that to maintain that professional distance. Right, right, exactly. Yes. I I was trained to do that mm -hmm. and then I decided that is whacked. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Because then I stopped feeling like I was human. Yeah. And I started feeling lonely. Mm. And I'm like, this is not working for me. Yeah. I'm a human. You are a human. Yeah. And part of our connection 
is our messy humanity. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah. So I'd love to share with you, your audience about my history. Yeah, for sure. So, um, man, born and raised in a little town in Oregon. My dad was a World War II vet. Mm. He was on three ships that sank. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So later in life, I would sit him down and say, tell me your stories, because I wanted to know him. Yeah. And I was trying to understand him. Um, And he would say, Nancy, you'd think that every man in the Navy would know how to swim, but they didn't. And he said, so one was friendly fire, was one of the sinkings. One was like a typhoon or a hurricane out in the ocean. Another one was enemy fire. And he said, one of them, we, we swam to the shore, some of us did, those who could swim. We swam the shore, and then I watched my buddies being beaten to death while they were trying to climb up, and the force of the ocean against the rocks was just too much. And so he saw so much death. Yeah. He had already run away from home at 15 years old, so you know that home life wasn't good. Yeah, for sure. And my grandmother was a Ir- little Irish woman <laughs> who had a hot, flaring temper. Uh-huh. And they did not get along. And wow. so he ran away young. And then he lied to get into the military because he wanted to eat. He was hungry. Yeah, for sure. And then when he got out of the military, he went back to riding Bulls in the rodeo, <laughs> which is what he'd, he'd grown up doing that. Yeah. He was raised on ranches. Yep. And busted open his head, spent four months in the hospital with a brain injury. So, I mean, I'm like, oh, as a therapist, you were explaining your brain to me. Severe PTSD, mm. severe childhood trauma, mm. and then a severe brain injury. Mm. And so by the time I was born... My dad had become an attorney. He was really smart. Mm-hmm. And he was successful mm-hmm. and could pull it together. But at home, he would um, he was mean and violent. Mm-hmm. Not all the time. Mm-hmm. He could also be brilliant and funny. Yeah, He was complex. So I loved my dad. Yeah. I mean, in some ways. And I, I still get choked up yeah. when I talk about him. Yeah. Because he was just his brilliant, broken man. I loved him. Mm-hmm. And he terrified me. You know? Two things can be true. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. I've learned how to, you know, integration mm-hmm. is when we learn how to hold the good, the bad, the sad, the wonderful, the yeah. funny, the complex. And yeah. we can hold them all together. Yeah. Well, that was my dad. Yeah. And so... um I think to cope with all his internal pain, he partied. Everything he did, he did hard. Mm-hmm. So he partied hard. He worked hard. And he could come home, and I learned how to try to assess his mood. And so when he'd come home in a bad mood, I'd, I'd first try to soothe and smooth him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Dad, lay on the couch, and I'll rub your feet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or I'd run in my room and clean my room mm-hmm. to make sure that he had no reason to come after me. Mm-hmm. But he'd come after me anyway. Yeah. He didn't need a reason to be violent. Yep. Um, sometimes I could be playing the piano and he didn't like the noise, so he would come after you. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is is he would just 
he would beat you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I grew up in a home with a lot of violence. Tim, I'm telling you, it's so interesting. He's a, even as a therapist, when you know all the all the things you know. Mm-hmm. But like ten years ago, I'm like, oh, I grew up with domestic violence. I always visualized domestic violence as like husband against wife, wife against right. husband. Right. But um, my, I never saw my father physically violate my mother. Mm-hmm. But he would beat us three kids regularly. So it was just a regular occurrence. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up terrified. He'd also be sexually abusive Mm -hmm. to not just me, but Mm -hmm. to my siblings as well. So we all grew up in violence. We grew up with sexual abuse. We grew up with verbal abuse, you know, and that was how we grew up. And that was my normal. So, uh, Here's one of the things I love about you. And this, and this yeah. I'm, I know for a fact it's going to be an emotional podcast for me because every time I talk to you, I wind up crying. But <laughs> Me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you did start it. You I, did I, start I it. cried first. <laughs> you did. Um, I think uh, one of the gifts you have been to me yeah. um, is the, the space you hold as a therapist. Mm-hmm but then the space that you also hold as a friend Mm -hmm. and you've never been afraid to dance across both of those lines when necessary. You haven't chosen one for the other or vice versa. You have been both. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew this because of my time at Gateway, Uh, but I did not... um, I wasn't able to appreciate it until I met you specifically. And that is, um, white people usually don't tell mm-hmm. <laughs> really? their story yeah. as honestly mm. as you. Mm. Maybe I shouldn't say as honestly, as readily yeah. Yeah. as you. Yeah. When I was at Potter's House for 13 and a half years, um, the collective experience of African-Americans and their pain mm-hmm. and their shared experience and their trauma, yeah. we're ready to give you our testimony. Yeah. We've been molested. We've been raped. Yes. We've been abused. We've yes. been beaten. Yeah. We've been scorned. We've uh-huh. been whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I got to Gateway, yeah. and it was like, we Do not. are okay. Yes, we are fine. We are in South Lake and Trophy Club, and we are in... Uh-huh. Uh, 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 North Richland Hills, and we we're, we're good. Yes, we are. Until they got into my office. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then it was like, oh, y'all ain't good either. No. It's just that in the hood, they go get a forty ounce from the liquor store. Yeah. And in South Lake, they go to Central Market, and they go just get two bottles of wine. Yes, or three or four. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. all gonna wind up drunk at the end of the night, uh, but yeah. just you know how we get there is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I realized that th- there was just this, there was a facade. Yeah. And when I met you, that thing just, I was just like, I, you mm-hmm. were the most refreshingly honest, mm-hmm. readily available person to share. Thank you. And identify and not practice at the expense of being known. That that just means so much to me. So thank you, my friend. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking that in. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know why I'm that way? I, I'm, I'm sitting here going, why am I that way? <laughs> and I'm like, I know exactly why I'm that way. Tim, I was raised 
in a home. We lived at the end of the street in the two-story, at the end of the cul-de-sac, yep. in the two-story, perfect-looking White House. Yep. My father was the city uh, attorney and at times the judge. Wow. My mother was a socialite. She had bridge clubs. She had, we belonged to all the country clubs. Yeah. It all looked so mm. perfect mm. from the outside, yep. Tim. Yep. And on the inside, it was a living hell. But believe me, nobody better know about that. Mm. And with my mother, it was all about you better look right. Mm. And you better never say a word about this. Mm. I remember one time, I don't know, I guess I was walking home with my girlfriends from fifth grade. And I guess we talked about sex. Oh, she got, I don't even know what I said. (laughs) She got a phone call. I got a lecture. Don't you ever talk about sex Wow! like that again. You embarrassed me. Don't you ever embarrass me. And if my mother came to anything, like if, you know, I was a cheerleader, Mm -hmm. and I knew that she was coming to evaluate if I was sitting like a lady. Wow. If I looked like a lady. Because that's what it was all about. So it was all about pretenses. Yeah, optics. And I'd always say my mother raised me to marry the governor. Mm. But I remember when I was six years old, I used to sit and curl my own hair and because my mother had made a vanity table for me, <laughs> of course. Of course she did. So I, I'd, I'd curl my hair because that was one way I could get her approval. Mm. If I could do nice little rows, mm. she would be so proud of me. So mm. I'd sit and curl my hair. But I remember looking in that mirror and saying, I will not marry for money. Mm. I will marry for love. Mm. So... Uh, and thankfully, I did. Yeah, you did. But at six, I was determining, like, I will not live this way. Wow. It is not worth it. Yeah. And I was thinking the only reason my mother could have married my father was for money. Yeah. Because she could see he was going to make it. Yeah. And, and have prestige and do well. But it is not worth it. Yeah. And Tim, you know, I think I identify with your community. Mm-hmm. My favorite shows growing up. Were shows where there were African Americans, yeah, and they were like, like I love Shirley Temple, not because of Shirley Temple, yeah, but because of the black community, and I identified. I'm like, oh, I get what it's like to be under the thumb of a white powerful man. Because you were, I was. <laughs> he he was the boss. He had all the power, and and us kids were nothing. We had no value, and he let us know that on a daily basis. And I hold, he held all the power. Wow. And so we're reminded of that. Yeah. And all he ever said was to us is, I'm going to teach you damn kids how to work. Mm. And so it's like, we know how to work. We yeah. were, I mean, honestly, I mean, you know, I know it's way different. I don't want to make comparisons that are inappropriate. But, you know, I, I kind of feel like, well, I'm his little slave. You know, I'm just here to. Look perfect, act perfect, and do whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing to serve him. Yeah. So. (laughs) Listen, so I'm sitting here thinking um, about uh, vulnerability. Yeah. And how the power 
of a story that's told unedited yeah <laughs> can connect you with a person yeah it can by 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 no stretch of the imagination uh would the average person in America conceive a white woman from a small town in Oregon yeah. having such a close, deep relationship with a black dude. I know. From Inglewood, California. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Right. But when the life that is being shared mm-hmm. is at the forefront. Yeah. And not our pigmentation and not our geography mm-hmm. and not our socioeconomic status. Yeah. The connection happens fast. It does. Because pain doesn't know a zip code. No. Nope. <laughs> Trauma has no socioeconomic meter to be like, are you making $40,000 and under? We're definitely coming to your house. Yeah. Yeah. Alcoholism, drugs, yeah. <laughs> abuse, violence. Oh, yeah, we only... Oh, Damn it, they make over six figures. Can't go in there. I know. <laughs> uh, just send happiness and joy over there. There's, we can't get over into that neighborhood. There's a gate. Mm, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. All the problems are stopped. At, oh, their house is at the end of the cul-de-sac. We can't, we can't walk all the way back there. Their house is a two-story. Yeah. No, it's like there, there is a connection... That we can all have if we gave ourselves permission to tell our story unedited. Mm-hmm. Our humanity. Our humanity. Yes. So I'm, 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 um, I appreciate you sharing that. Oh, I'm glad. Cause I know the story. I just, yeah. I, I just, it, every time you tell it, I'm just more endeared to you. Cause mm. it's, it's, it's a, you know, one of the things that we love doing is breaking stereotypes. Yeah. And it, it it's just a, it's a stereo it's a shattering of a stereotype when you share your story yeah i like that so i want to do more of that too you're doing it that's what we need isn't it it is and giving others permission that they can do the same absolutely correct you know so yeah okay so I want to do one more thing before we get to relationships. Because once yeah. we get on relationships, we are going to be uh, out in the deep blue uh, sea. And I'm excited about it. Yeah. Thank you for being curious enough about your father. Oh, yeah. It was it was so good. You know, Tim, I had to do a lot of work to get there. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. I mean, so so more of my story is I became a Christian at 14 years old. My parents had gone to like Europe for a month. And so my sister snuck to church with our neighbors. Hmm. We we could only go to church for social reasons. But my my dad used to say, we will never de- be Jesus freaks because we are people who pull ourselves up by our stra- bootstraps. Wow. So we don't need a crutch. Do you kids hear me? We don't Ooh. need we don't need any crutches. And so, right, yeah. That's gangster. Oh, yeah. He could Jesus be, is he, a crutch. He could be a real gangster. <laughs> and so she went to church and accepted Jesus, came home, told me. And I'm like, I just cry and cry because I'm like, I have been 
praying. I've been asking God if he's alive. Because, mm. you know, when I was growing up, it's God is dead. Mm-hmm. So I was like, God, I don't know. There's something inside of me that I think you're alive. I think there's got to be something bigger than all of this. Because this isn't so good. And so there's got to be something bigger. And I'd actually gone to an Assembly of God kindergarten. Because it was the only kindergarten in town. My parents wanted me to go to kindergarten. Interesting. And so I think I had probably accepted Christ there, but I was only five, so you know how that is. <laughs> right, for sure. And so here I am, 14, and I'm just always praying, like, God, if you're alive, I want to know you. And so she goes to church, comes home, tells me, I received Jesus today. I'm like, how'd you do it? I want it. Wow. And so she led me to Christ in my parents' bedroom, who I despised my parents. I hated them. I hated my mother for not protecting me. Yeah. And I hated my father for being so abusive. Yeah. And so, oh my goodness, like when I received Christ, like I cried and cried. They had blue shag carpet in their bedroom. I'll never forget that room because I cried and cried like I was crying rivers of hatred and bitterness towards them. Wow. Rivers. Right. So, you know, eventually my dad and mom both become Christians. Um, My mom used to say, even when I was five and six, I'd say, Mom, are we Christians? You know, because I was going to this little kindergarten. <laughs> and she'd be watching as the world turns and ironing my dad's handkerchiefs. And I'd be thinking, dear God, I hope that's not my future. <laughs> I hope that's You're not my future. Sh- handkerchiefs. Oh, I know. I'm like, dear God, wow. just kill me now if that's my future. <laughs> right? Just take me now. And I'd say, Mom, are we Christians? And she'd say, oh, yes. And I'd say, why? And she'd say, because we're good people. And I'd say, Mom, I don't think we're that good. Mm. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. Right. The five-year-old is... Wow. So eventually my parents do become Christians, and we start going to this church. And, you know, Tim, there's just something about when you've already been violated a lot, it's it's kind of like you got a target on your mm. chest or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So then I'm um, sexually assaulted by the youth pastor. And so kind of like trauma upon trauma upon trauma, right? So the best gift that happened to me was I married my high school sweetheart as soon as I graduated from high school. Wow. And I got married and for the first time in my life. I could sleep because I felt so safe oh with this. I mean, he to me, he was a man. He was 18. I mean, he's probably a boy man. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was a boy man. He was a boy man. <laughs> but, man, we felt safe with each other. Yeah. And so, and then we had four, during our 20s, we had four kids. We went to church all the time. Every time a bad feeling about my past would come up, I'd just say, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. Wow. And that was kind of my only way of knowing how to cope with my past. Yeah, understood was just try to forgive. And that's what I've been taught to do. And I've kind mm-hmm. of been taught, you know, forgiving solves solves it all. Mm. And so I'm like, well, then I'm practicing forgiveness. Because, right. man, I'm looking for ways to solve yeah, absolutely. all of this agony mm-hmm. that I'm carrying around with me every day, mm-hmm. pretending I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So, um, but finally one day when I was 33, I could not hold it all in anymore. And usually all the boys had sports on Saturday, but it was raining. I spent that day on my bathroom floor, and I couldn't get up. Except every now and then, I'd go out to the garage, because my husband was out in the garage. Mm -hmm. And I'd go out and say, are you okay? And he's like, I'm great. 
I am finally cleaning up this garage. I am the happiest man in the world. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I think there's something wrong with you. Because it couldn't be me. There couldn't be anything wrong with me. Wow. I could not fall apart. I was not allowed to fall apart. Mm. My mother trained me. So, no, you look perfect. You act perfect. You do perfect. You have no permission to be a mess. Mm. And here I am. I've been stuffing that down at this point for 30 years. And it was all coming up on this day. And I'd like, God, what are you doing? This can't be happening to me. So I'd go back out in the garage. Honey, are you okay? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's like watching a movie right oh now. Oh, my gosh. jacking me up. Oh, me too, man. <laughs> it's, I, I remember it. He's like sweeping out the garage, you know. And then I went out a third time. I'm like, babe, there's got to be something wrong with you today. And he's like, honey, I'm fine. And the fourth time I went out, <laughs> I can't remember. I threw something at him. I'm like, dude, it's there's got to be something with, wrong with you, and you're not being honest with me. He's like. You know, poor man. He's <laughs> innocent <laughs> as can be. Oh, my god. And goodness. I'm just like, it can't be me. It can't be me. It can't be me. And so then I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's me. Like, there's something not right with me. You know? And I've, I've completely disassociated from all my childhood. Yeah, for sure. Because it's just too. Yeah, it was too much. Too much. Yeah, for sure. How does one little human contain all that? Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. And so... um the next day at church, there's a therapist who goes to our church. Thank the Lord. I go up beside Brock at the end of the service, like side by side. I don't stand in front of him. I just stand side beside him. I said, hey, I think there's something wrong with me. Can I come see you? <laughs> he said, yes, 1 o'clock tomorrow. I went 1 o'clock on Mondays for like the next three years. Wow. I got into his waiting room. The next day, like at 12.45, I'm sitting in this waiting room. I'm going, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's okay. I'm fine. I should leave. I don't need to be here. I'm fine. (laughs) And then he comes out and he says, come on back. I'm like, oh. (laughs) Cuss words. You can say cuss words. I can't. Oh, cuss words. (laughs) And, And so I go back and he's like, we sit down. He said, well, tell me. Tell me about your childhood. And I sit there without a tear and told him. Now, I decided. It's so funny, Tim. I decided, okay, I'm not talking about any sexual abuse. Like, that's not happening. Mm -hmm. That is not happening. Mm -hmm. I'll start with the easiest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I start with the violence Uh because that was the easiest. Yep, yep. I don't know why. Yep. I I put these in categories. Yep, absolutely. And so, you know, I started talking about, like, how my dad could just regularly just beat you up, you know, Um, belts, punches, kicks, Mm -hmm. slaps, whatever, pull your hair, Mm -hmm. you know, punch in the gut, didn't matter. And so, and he, the man sat there and cried. And I'm like, I, I I don't have a tear. Wow. Right. And I'm like, then I start trying to comfort him because that was my role in my family. And I'm like, hey, it, it wasn't that bad. I survived. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> right, I'm, right. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And he's like, you have PTSD. Mm. You grew up in violence. Mm. I'm like, it wasn't that bad. You know, there were good times. Like, mm. You know, we we went on great trips. I got to ski all the time. I got to go play golf at the country club and play tennis at the other country club. I had a lot of fun. He's like, Nancy, 
Mm. In between those fun mm. things, you know, I'm a yeah. seven. I'm right. an Enneagram seven. <laughs> I love fun. Now you know why, because it was what saved me. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, man, that was horrible. So we just started working through it. And after about six months, he kept, I, you know, God's so sweet. Yeah. I learned to, every Sunday night, I would have a traumatic dream. Mm. I mean, like, somebody's trying to chase me, rape me, you know. Yeah. And I finally, you know, at first I'm like, oh, my gosh, God, you must hate me. Like, this is awful. How can you bring up these memories, you know? Then I decided, you know what? God reveals to heal. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. God reveals to heal. God reveals to heal. As much as I didn't want yeah. that stuff revealed. Yeah. And so I finally started talking to Brock about all the sexual trauma that I had gone through. And, whoo, man, rip your guts out. But yeah. had to happen. Had to. Had to happen. Yeah, it was. It was had yeah. to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Had to happen. You know, and in the meantime, like, I'm like, God, you're so amazing. Because, like, my husband and I have been married almost 50 years our next anniversary will be year 50. I know, isn't that amazing? My parents, too. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Are you serious? Yep, they'll be married like, 50 years I think years you're the same year. age as our oldest son. How old? 48. Our oldest son's 48. Yeah. We 1975. Our, uh-huh. Yes. Yep, yep, that's our son. Let's go. Yep. Yep. And so that's why I love you like you're one of my sons. <laughs> absolutely, you know. absolutely. Um, so, you know, all through this, even working through my trauma, like Ron and I always had this really sweet sex life mm-hmm. that was redemptive and healing and safe and good, you know? And so when I started working through my sexual trauma, I'm like, okay, because I'd go to like sexual trauma groups where I'd hear other women's stories. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I can't have sex without throwing up. Yeah. Or I haven't had sex with my husband for five years. And I'm like, man, I don't want that to be me. Yeah. Like, this is a sweet spot for us. Yeah. And I don't want to wreck it. Yeah. I don't want to let my history wreck what's sweet and redemptive. Yeah. And, you know, I just, you and I both love the Word of God. Yes, we do. You know, and 1 Corinthians 7 would say, you know, like, hey, sex between a husband and wife, like, you know, people are asking the Corinthians because sex has been so messed up. Yeah, absolutely correct. Right, so yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, so is sex even good? Right, exactly. You know, <laughs> Can like, you have good sex with should, one person? Right, should we just <laughs> not even go near sex right. because it's been so bad? Yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. Sex is good yeah. within a certain context. That's right. Right? That's right. And, you know, God gives us marriage as a context for sex. That's right. And it's meant to be a place that's safe and committed and sweet and so we had that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I don't want to lose that. That's kind of scary. Yeah. How am I going to go to those dark places? Because, Tim, my places were so dark. My regular reoccurring dream was that I was at the bottom of a well, locked in a cage. Lord have mercy. That was my regular picture wow. of my childhood. Wow. You know, and I'm like, and I don't know how to get out. Yeah. And then started feeling God start opening the cage door, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to get out now. This now, <laughs> right now, now this familiar that part, right? Yeah, right. Out there, scary. Out there, scary. and unknown and unknown. I yeah. know this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. know this house. That's exactly right. Right. That's exactly right. 
So, but First Corinthians 7 says, you know, that the wife's body belongs to her husband. The That's husband's right. body belongs to the wife. Yeah. Like this is, and sex is for mutual pleasure. That's right. Mutual delight. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't want to lose that. Yeah. So sometimes when I was working through the worst of it and we we're making love and I'd get triggered, I, we just learned like I could <laughs> tap out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. <laughs> and he knew that that meant I was triggered. Yep. And all of a sudden I wasn't making love to my husband. Mm. I was being sexually assaulted by some, you know. Yep. And so he would just hold me and pray over me. And, man, you know, for somebody who's been so sexually traumatized, to have a man like, hey, you know what, at this moment, and I'll just be, I'll be really blunt here. I'm fine with right? that. This is that. This is that part. <laughs> uh, I'm in the middle yeah. of a, a fabulous erection yeah. and enjoying <laughs> yeah, absolutely. what's about to come. Yeah, absolutely. Literally. <laughs> right? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to stop. Yeah. I'm going to hold my wife. And I'm going to pray for her. Yeah. And man. That's love. That's love. That's intimacy. Totally. Yeah. And so... Like, oh, man, I'm safe with this man. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. You know, yeah. even if I'm tapping out on him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and a lot of times then we could just resume where we left off. Yeah. Because I felt so safe. Yeah. And yeah. loved. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's how I think, you know, God loves to take the darkest parts of our stories. Yeah. And turn them into his story. Yeah. And so that's what God did. So then later on, you know, my kids are getting older. My four boys are like junior high, high school. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, I am ready for my, to start part two of my life. Yeah. And so that's when I went. Huli, can we get uh, Nancy <laughs> some <laughs> tissue? I know. I'm just crying like yeah, a baby over it's, here. No, I'm, it's. Thank you. Thank you. Is, oh, it's so good. Um, <laughs> and you know me, I'll just cry. I mean, like <laughs> I you cry into your beard. Yeah, you know? I do. I, I do. I, Everybody tries to hand me tissue at I our know. process group therapy, and I'm like, I'm I, watering my beard with I my know. tears. I'm like, I, I, right now I need a woman beard. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You really don't right now Thank need you. that. Thank I you. promise you, you don't. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, anyway, you know, God just brought so much healing into my life. Yeah. And then I believe he called me into becoming a therapist. So that's how I got into that field. And then my office started filling up. Like, let's say I had eight clients one day. Yeah. Seven of the eight would have sexual trauma. Wow. I'm not kidding you. But probably because I was one of those therapists who'd say, hey, tell me about the sexual part of your life. And so maybe people had been to three, four, five other therapists, but nobody had ever asked them. You invited them into that I did, because I'm yeah. like, man. We all know. You're, the sexual part of your life is a huge part of your history. It is. And if we don't deal with that, yeah, we're like leaving out a huge piece of the puzzle here. Absolutely correct. And my job as a therapist, like, let's start putting together the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, right? for sure. So, um, yeah, 
like men, women start unfolding their sexual stories. And so I remember at the end of a long day, just sitting on my sofa going, Lord, what are you doing? Yeah. Are you calling me to this work? Yeah. And so I felt like the Lord said, yes. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, if we're going to do this, I, (laughs) you know, pretty much my guiding uh, principle with humans is to cause no harm. Mm. <laughs> you know, may mm-hmm. I not mess you up more than when you came in? <laughs> right, exactly, right, exactly, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. may I not be a contributing factor <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> to jacking you up? <laughs> right? You For sure, know? absolutely, yeah. May I be helpful, not harmful? Yeah. So that's why I um, went and was trained in sex therapy. <sighs> you are a rare jewel, <laughs> Nancy Hughes. O M G Z. Okay. Um, one of the most redemptive things that I think any person can do yeah. um, is to be brave enough to go back. And confront their past. Yeah. Because it is a confrontation. Ooh. You're not visiting it. No. (laughs) No. You're you're in it, man. You're in it. You live it. Yeah, you you live it, right? You feel it. You feel it. Right? It it is to to go back and confront your past and do that work. I'll never forget, um, I have this searing image in my head um after Hurricane Katrina. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm watching the news, and this is several weeks or months later because in some of the parishes, they wouldn't let people back in there. Oh, and obviously, it, there there is a New Orleans diaspora, right, yeah. at, 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 of people that left New Orleans and never went back. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I just remember watching this um, news segment and it's seared in my head, Nancy. Like I, I'll never forget this as long as I live. They they started allowing the citizens of these parishes to start going back in their into their communities. Yeah, their homes are gone. Oh, can you imagine? It's a lot. It's a lot. Okay, like it's a plot of land and like a smushed like the roof is on the ground. Yeah, right. Like yeah. the house is gone. Go right, on. and so the this this news reporter who's just trying to get her segment done right yeah. it's and and hella in, insensitive like the there's no sensitivity at all there's yeah. no empathy there's just like we're with one of the people it, it, ma'am is this your house oh my gosh and yes it is and mm-hmm. h- how are you going to even like are are you going to stay or are you going to leave like other people and I, she was like i'm staying and then she goes but there's nothing here. Mm-hmm. She was like, no, there's nothing here. Like, this house, okay, what do you do? My memories are gone. Oh. My memories were washed away. Yeah, yeah. And then she goes, the, the news reporter goes, where were you, where were you even begin to rebuild? Mm-hmm. And Nancy, this woman looked down and there was a, crumpled up McDonald's cup in her front yard or what was left of that front yard. Yeah. And she picked it up and said, I'll start right here. Oh my goodness. And it effed me up. Like I was wiped out. 
I was too. wiped out. Wow, Tim. Because mm. it was like, I will do what I can control. Yeah. I will do what I can, but I'm not leaving this spot. And when you talk about disassociation from the body, yeah. people are too afraid to go back and reclaim them their themselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they are. Which is why they would not have sex for five years. Yeah. Which is why they would projectile vomit. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, my defense mechanism is going to stay up, but what I'm not going to do yeah. is go rescue the little girl yeah. or rescue the little boy yeah. and bring them back. Because it's actually, it's an, it's an emotional extraction. It is. When you've been traumatized, to go back and get little you is you might as well get like a Navy SEAL squad. To It's an emotional extraction that you have to go through it is. to get yourself out. Yeah. And most people, I compl- you're the one that actually made this so real for me. It You made this statement, and it pissed me off. <laughs> I was so heated because the, the, the altruistic side of me and, yeah. the, and the empathic side of me was like, there's no, that can't be right. And you were just like, mm-hmm. like in the way you do, like, yeah, Tim, it is. And I was like, what? Oh. I can be so annoying. Can I? <laughs> no, it wasn't annoying. It was truthful, and I was I was just mad at the yeah. stat. Yeah, I was more mad at the stat than you. But you said something that made me understand um, humanity mm. in its uh, most dysfunctional, disgusting place. You said only about 1% of humanity does their soul work. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget when you, you said that, Stan. And me, being the nerd I am, might as well have put on my little glasses and put my calculator out. Because I'm like, <laughs> 1% of 8 billion is what? Uh-huh. It's like 80 million people, right? That's yeah. like four states in, in this country, mm-hmm. right? Take California, Texas, Florida, and I don't know. Illinois, maybe, I don't know. Whatever would constitute 80 million people of the 332 million we have in this country. I'm like, that's like four states. What the hell? You're telling me four, only four states worth of people are doing their soul work and the rest of humanity is doing what? And I was like, oh. Alcohol drugs Mm -hmm. sex yeah human trafficking yeah sports and entertainment absolutely netflix watched hours yeah you name yeah work over involved yeah helicopter parenting Uh, i mean there's a million different ways video games for nine hours right pickleball every day of the week (laughs) right you know Uh, if if I'm not if I'm not numbing myself, uh-huh. I'm distracting myself. Yeah. Why? Because yeah. I, if if it's quiet for a minute, mm-hmm. I might hear little me say, "Help, help, yeah, yeah." And I'm so deathly afraid of the reminder that they're still trapped that I'll schedule the next golf. Yeah. Or, you you want to go golf tomorrow? Yeah, right. You, you right. just spent 
seven and a half hours. Like you did your five yeah. hours of golf and then you stayed and ate dinner and you came home when everybody was sleeping and you just turned on the TV and fell asleep on the couch. Yeah. And you're going to go golf and get tomorrow? Absolutely. Or shopping or something. And your 12-year-old daughter hasn't seen you? Yeah. All week? Yeah. Your son's still trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to put on his tie? Yeah. Like, 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 like. That thing ripped me up on the inside and it make me and it made me understand and have more empathy for people than I ever thought I could imagine. I went, there's no way I could judge them. I know. Because I know the emotional toll of what it takes to go get little you out of there. It does. It's it's gut wrenching. I, I loved your story, this woman. Talk about resiliency. <sighs> Ooh, that woman. I love that woman. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I've got a little bit of a dog on a bone inside of me. I really do. Like my therapist says, man, you're a dog on a bone. I'm like, I know. You know where I think I got that, though? Mm. I think I got that from my dad. Mm. I think for him to survive. Three sunken ships? Three, Yeah. <laughs> right? Like most of those guys would say, Nancy, maybe eight of us would make it. <sighs> I mean, I'm like, dude, you're a resilient. That's right. He's a resilient man. So I, you know, oftentimes I'm like, Lord, thank you. Yeah. That was a gift from my daddy. Absolutely. He made me a resilient little sucker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So just like that woman, though, it's like, man, another gift my dad gave me is I got to watch a man who refused to do his emotional work and deal with his trauma and what that did to him, his marriage, his children, Mm. his law practice. You know, he carried, you know, he he carried every day. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he'd get death threats. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, he was just known as this badass in town. Yeah. It was so funny because, you know, his nickname was SOB, you know, right? <laughs> and so Micah, you know Micah, my mm-hmm, son, mm-hmm. he said, Grandpa, you're still an SOB. But he says, but I've changed what that means. Mm. He says, well, Micah, what does it mean? He said, sweet old Bill. <laughs> <laughs> That's when awesome. He, yeah, when he, when he got to be 80, I called him one day and I said, Dad, listen. I have forgiven you, like deep, deep, deep down. Not fake forgiveness, because yeah. I tried that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I have forgiven you, because I've grieved everything. Yeah. That's the only way. That's the only way. you, you got to grieve. That's right. And, man, I grieved yeah. him. Yeah. Like, bathroom floor. The reason my bathroom floor, because when you have four little boys, you don't have any privacy. So you, <laughs> it's you, very true. Only the bathroom only is your privacy. You go right? in the bathroom, you lock the door, and you get on the floor, <laughs> and you just ball your guts out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, I just experienced God's grace and, like, watched a man who didn't do that work, but then did mine. Yeah. And then I felt God challenge me, like, Nancy, now help him do some of his. So, uh, oof. Man, <laughs> I keep going there, don't I? <laughs> like, damn, I'm doing therapy on myself today. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, so called him and said, hey, Dad, get get your wife on the phone. My mom had died when I was 23. 
So I never really got to know my mom the way I got to know my dad. Yeah. Um, cause she's going to have to help you. Mm-hmm. So for an hour and a half, we stay on the phone. I'm like, dad, I have forgiven you. I've grieved. I do believe now maybe there's more. Maybe I'm probably going to be doing this work as long as I'm on earth. Right. Um, cause that's one of the things I had to surrender. That was a, I, I love to think of the term tender surrender, mm. you know, where mm. Jesus is like, hey, Nancy. Because mm. when I started therapy, I'm like, okay, I'll go for six months and then that's it. Mm. It is it is all going to be fixed. Do you hear me, God? <laughs> Do you hear me, God? <laughs> it's all going to be fixed mm. at six months. And then I'm like, oh, God, okay, six months. I'm like, okay, nine months. <laughs> but then that's it. You, you got you got me, God? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then at a year, I'm like, okay, you know what, God? I think he was just saying, hey, will you surrender this to me? Because mm. this may be your lifetime, Nancy. Yeah. You had so much stuff. Yeah, for you sure. You may just have to keep doing this. Yeah. Work. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I surrender it. And you're, you know, here's my life. And if you need to keep doing this work, you can keep doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. no timelines anymore. Yeah. No need for this to be all put in a nice little box with a little ribbon. Yeah. You know, because that's how I wanted it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I want this nice and pretty at some point. Yeah. And guess what? Being human is not nice and pretty. It is a freaking mess. It's a bloodbath. And so I called dad and I said, hey, dad, I think I worked through the biggest stuff and I have forgiven you and I have grieved. And now I want to have a father daughter relationship with you. Mm. And so you and I talk, but we talk about the weather. We talk about the grandkids. Mm. I don't like to talk about something deep. Mm. I like to talk about something real. And you're 80. And we haven't got a lot of time left to do this. Because you lived hard, you drank hard, you smoked hard, you went hard. I can't believe you're still alive at 80, dude. You must have a heck of a body. (laughs) And so today's the day I want you to forgive you. And he was like, oh, 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 oh. I I can't do that. I was a horrible father. Like, Dad, yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. You know it, I know it. There's no more secrets here. Yeah, ab- we are not pretending. Because when I first started doing the work, I kind of tried to invite him into it. Yeah. And he had just, like, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Yeah. And one day, you know, I was kind of probably bitching and moaning about that, the Lord. And the Lord just said to me, Nancy, if you had done to your children what he did to you, could you admit it? And I'm like, no. I would need my denial. Good Lord, no. Wow. wow, I would need my denial. Yes. That's profound. And I'm like, I suddenly Ooh. got it. I'm like, Ooh, no that's wonder, profound. No wonder he can't. God bless him. No wonder he can't go there. So I said, Dad, I want us to be close. And until you can forgive you, we've got this wall of guilt between the two of us. And I want that wall of guilt to come down. All right, we got to stop. <laughs> here's here's why I, I, I need to stop. Yeah. Before you say another word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I have seen, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. If I'm expressing this wrong. 
it sounds like the way I'm trying to say it. I, I, screw the disclaimers. Yeah. So so you did not let your dad off the hook no. as he aged. No. Like like as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Nancy tracked this nigga down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to wait till you slow down. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm still going to confront you about this. Because yeah. most people, when their parents age, are like, that's just the way they yeah. are. And yeah. what are you going to do? And yeah. don't sense them bringing it up now. And yeah. they're about to meet Jesus in three weeks yeah. or whatever, right? right. And right. you were like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and because there'd been such deep forgiveness inside of me. And it's because, I mean, Tim, the, the way I forgave my dad, I'm not kidding you. I'm like, okay, God, I'm sick and tired of this churchy fake forgiveness crap. It's yeah, not yeah, working. Yeah. And so I'm like, how do I forgive? And he goes, well, first of all, you got to hate everything your dad did for the next six months. So I just hated it. I hated it. I. Most people won't allow themselves to hate. No, I know. I didn't. I don't think I hated him, but I hated yeah. being sexually abused by him. Absolutely. I hated being beaten by him. That's right. I hated being demeaned by him. Yes, absolutely. I hated being terrified by him. That's right. I hated that he was my daddy, but he wasn't safe. I hated that I loved him, and he terrified me. Do you know how confusing that is? Absolutely. Do you know how terrifying it is to want to, like, I used to sit in my dad's lap, and he smoked, and he'd blow smoke in my ear, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, can you imagine how stinky my hair was? But as a little kid, I loved it because I was close to him and I wanted to be close with him. Yeah. You know, as a teenager, he bought a ranch and I would, um, I'm terribly allergic to grasses, but I'd go bail hay with him all day just to be with him. Wow. Because I loved him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm like, dang, I loved you and I hated you. Do you know how confusing that is? That is I wild. Hate, I hate you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I just hated. All the things. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. I hated that you confused me so bad. Yeah. And so I hated, I hated fiercely for six months. And then I'm like, <sighs> okay, I've hated. And Tim, I was raised to be nice. I mean, you know, so us nice girls, we don't hate. You don't hate anything. That's rude. You don't get angry. That's inappropriate. Wow. So here uh, God is challenging me to go against all my mother's training. Mm. You know, you sit like a lady, you act like a lady, you don't get angry about anything, and you please people. And so God's like, no, you hate, and you hate with the same amount of violence that you received. So I had to hate fiercely, <laughs> right? Wow. So I hated, and then at the end of my hating, I said, okay, now what, God? <laughs> <laughs> now, now what? What's next on the list? Right, what's next? What now? I have thoroughly hated all of it. What now? Yeah. And, and God said, Nancy, as long as you are judge, jury, and executioner, you'll never forget it. Mm. And he just said to me, do you realize that you are capable of every sin your father committed? And of course, you know, I'm like, I am not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? All self-righteous? Yeah, yeah. I am not. <laughs> and God goes, really? <laughs> you might want to think that through. Yeah, for and sure. so I sit there with it for a while. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It. You know, who knows? If I was raised the way my dad would... Maybe I would have. Yeah. You know. We drank, don't know. And drank like he drank. Like yeah, absolutely. I, 
you know, you can get so drunk you're blacked out and you have no memory. Absolutely correct. You know, and I'm like, maybe that's when he's beating those kids or sexually abusing. Yeah. He he was just so drunk he didn't know what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. I don't I really don't doubt it. Yeah. And so anyway, I'm like, Oh man, so I have to quit being the judge, the jury and the executioner. So I'm like, Okay, Lord, you're right. I you're right. Who knows? Maybe I I I guess I could have done. You're telling me I could have done everything he did. Mm. You're right. Okay. So then when I quit, you know, came to terms with that, then I could just, like, really forgive him. Then forgiveness was easy. Yeah, for sure. It was just a natural outflow yep. from the grief and getting, and you know, getting all that anger and sadness and disgust up and out. And so then when he's 80, I can, like, Dad, dude, I have forgiven you. I need I need you to forgive you because I want to be close to you. Mm. I can't. I can't, Nancy. I can't. I'm like, Dad, has Jesus forgiven you or not? Has your sin been cast as far as the east is from the west or not? Wow. Is that true or not? Is the word God true for you or not? You, know, right? you ran up on him. You yeah. ran up on homie. Right? Strong. Right? I love it. Right? So we were on the phone for an hour and a half, two hours. We're both crying. He's finally like, okay. I'm like, okay, man. You forgive you? And he says, yeah, I forgive you. I said, I need to hear it. <laughs> and he said, I forgive me. I'm like, okay. Wow. Yeah. And then guess what after that? Man, we talked about everything. I had a daddy for three years before he died. It was so sweet. You're never too old for a daddy. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I love I love men. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh, a few months ago, I was in an Uber Whoa. with a young man, young black man. And he's the baby daddy. <laughs> and I I just said to him, hey, man, do you know how valuable you are to your child? Do you know how much you mean to this child? Do you know that your life will change her life if you will be a part of her life? Mm. And he was so sweet. He was this darling young man. He just started crying. He goes, "Really? Nobody's ever told me that." I'm like, "Yeah, you're way more important than you know." Facts. And it's never too late for you to be a daughter, a, a daddy to your daughter. That's right. I said I got a daddy at eight when my dad was eighty and I was fifty. Wow. And we had the sweetest three years together. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Wow. It, it it's one thing it's one thing to go get yourself it's another thing to go get yourself and be be so securely integrated that you can go get somebody else yeah well you know me that's like my favorite thing to do oh <laughs> I I love. I'm like, if you're in my group, I'm coming to get you. Oh oh, <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm coming after Nancy you. Nancy. <laughs> well, like like, 
I refer to you as an emotional sniper. Mm. I do not think it's fair that you have the education <laughs> and the certifications to be a therapist mm. and the Holy Spirit. Mm. That's not fair, <laughs> except for the fact that it is. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. that's the only way I would ever want it. But no, you, yeah. you, you, you are one of the most attuned discerning Holy Spirit led people I know mm -hmm. not just like therapists people and that combination when it when I you know I'm with you I'm with you once a month for eight hours and yeah. and we have a, a a relationship that precedes that yeah to, so to yeah. see you in that space yeah. the benefit that it's had for me but then the benefit that I see it have for others I'm just I'm just always shaking my head like yeah this is about to be mm. when you lock on somebody when it's not me i enjoy it because <laughs> i'm like oh it's gonna be great when it's me i'd be like damn it i know my group's so funny some <sighs> some of the men in my group will be like if i just don't make eye contact with her <laughs> <laughs> maybe she'll move on psych i know you're like tell me about that right and then it doesn't help that you have like a, a phone sex voice anyway <laughs> You're a sex therapist that has a phone sex voice. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So she's like, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. And then you do. And then it it, it, we just, it just helps everybody. Mm. Okay, so. I love that cow. because your heart is precious. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. My heart was precious enough that, man, I had to blow myself up over and over and over to get to where I needed to go and just stay after it. Yeah. And I, st and I still do, too. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we've got all these trauma triggers, and then we've got it, all these ways we adapted to our environments. Can, can we can we speak to the lie that there is six months or nine months, and then you're fixed? Oh, please. I, you know, because I've actually had some people, like, even say to me, like, Okay, you've been in some form of counseling and or therapy for 25 years. Like, when are you fixed? That is not the goal. And and my thought is, when does your car never have to go back to the shop? Yeah, yeah, right. Like, like, like who drives off the lot and yeah. is like, I got it with a tank of gas? Yeah. Full of oil? Yeah. And when windshield fluid, I I should be able to drive this for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> the tires should never need to be rotated. The alignment should never be off. The 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 what do you mean the thread on my tires is wearing thin and I might need new ones? What do you mean the weather has changed and even though I have great tread on this tire, it's not good for snow? Exactly. You, what do you mean I need chains on top of my wheels yeah. to navigate Montana? That's right. This truck should just work. All the time. All the time. So unfair. It is so unfair. When people treat themselves like that, yeah. it is demeaning. Yeah. And it is not allowing you the permission to be a human. Right. Man, permission given to be human. Yeah. Life is hard. It is. Life is messy. Yes. There are frequent losses. Yep. 
There are frequent disappointments. You know, I've had the oh, frequent losses. Right? Oh, <laughs> you've had way too many. Yeah. I don't. I don't like it one bit. Yeah. Makes me mad. Yeah. It, but you're not unique. No. In your community. No, not at all. In the black community. Yeah. And in other communities. Yeah. In inner city communities. Yeah. They are now reporting, and we're figuring out that. These children who are raised in inner cities have more PTSD than Vietnam vets. Now, as a person who's had PTSD severely, my husband knew never scare, never walk into a room where Nancy does not know you're walking into, because I had such, I, I could be so easily terrified and frightened. Yeah, I'd jump out of my own skin. Yeah. My husband walked back into our bathroom. Yeah. And he doesn't say, Hey, honey. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. I could jump out of my skin, too. Yeah. Because I lived with so much terror and fright. Yeah. That it just got wired into my system. Yeah, for sure. And man, just this last year, my system has calmed on a whole new level. Just this last year. Yeah. Can we just say that? Just this last year. And you know how it happened? From a football injury. <laughs> I I I know. I had a football injury. <laughs> I got what is yeah. Now? What are you telling me? Well, I got hit. I got hit in the back of the hand a year ago. With oh, that's right. Football. That's right. And I had to have surgery. I had yep. five fractures in my hand, and a lot of tissue damage. It was pretty. I mean, you know, it is what it is, yeah. right? Then I developed complex regional pain syndrome, which is a neurological disease. So I went to this amazing treatment facility in Idaho that treated my neurobiology. Mm. And so it's all about calming your nervous system Mm -hmm. and your vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. And so now at 67, my system is calmer than it's ever been. Wow. Because my system was not wired. My system was wired by trauma. That's right. And violence. Yeah. And terror. Yeah. So my systems just lived on high alert. I don't even know what is so normal for me. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Absolutely correct. And so that's how these kids are being wired. Yeah, that's right. That's how people who are being wired in families that aren't safe. Yeah, absolutely. Communities that aren't safe. That's right. I mean, the thing that's different about you and me, I was not safe in my home, but I was safe in my community. You are safer in your home, but not safe in your community. You're absolutely correct. And so it's doing its number on both of us. Absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. I, You're the one that actually told me and made me aware of environmental trauma. Yeah. I had spent so many years with sexual trauma at the forefront yeah. and trying to um, uh, neutralize mm-hmm. the trauma of that. I never even considered environmental trauma. No. Hood trauma, right? Yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's yeah. just the way we grew up. And niggas were getting striped in the street. And, yeah. And, you you, you know, people were selling drugs. And, yeah. and I had a gun pulled out on me. And, like, like, and I'm saying it just like, again, I keep, I still keep my strap on me. And, and I, yeah, I have my gun on me when I go to Sprouts. Yeah. And <laughs> you okay. were just like, yeah, so Tim, <laughs> I, know. I don't know 
know if you know that you were never supposed to go through that. And I'm like, what? I didn't go through nothing. It's just normal. It's just the hood. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, no, that's never supposed to happen to a kid. You're like me on that day when I first went to therapy. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, we had the TV on, but we laid on the floor. That way, if there was a drive-by, it just went over our heads. It's not a big deal. We never sat on the couch. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. So, so I'm, 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 uh, yeah, that, that is, I didn't, I was not aware of it. And people are usually not, but, but if, if, if I never, if I never would have started where I started, I wouldn't have got to that when I got to it. No, never. Because when you spot check something, it's like, it's like, here's how I would describe it. It would be the equivalent of you saying, I'll give you four times in your life where you can go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. You get to pick the four times. Yeah. But you only get four times to go up to 12 months. So just pick when you want to do it and... Well, pe- people would only choose it mm-hmm. when they're the, in the most incredible amount of pain. But well, absolutely. guess what? what? You're probably going to be stage four at that point. Yeah. You're probably going to have a kidney stone the size of a meteor mm. at that point. Like, like mm-hmm. if you only go when you feel pain, that's not what good medicine practice is for. Right. That's not what good hol- holistic medicine is even for. Yeah. It's for preventative. So you start, maybe you start going for the trauma, but once you neutralize it, it's not like... No. That was 18 months and I feel better. Yeah. Thanks, Doc. Yeah. No, it's like I need to make sure this is a part of my life now. Yes. Yes. Because t- to your point, the seasons do change. They do. And and do. somebody dies and then there's a transition and then there's a birth of a child or there's a loss of a child. The the the, the variables are endless. Yeah. If that's not something that's a part of your regularly scheduled pro i was not joking when i said that nancy's the reason why i haven't killed nobody Mm. i'm not joking Mm. (laughs) that's there's no hyperbole involved at all she's she's bound by confidentiality so she won't confirm nor deny what i just said (laughs) but i'm telling you (laughs) listen to her giggle because i'm telling you right now people are alive because of this woman's mm. role in my life. It's not past me. Mm. It's like 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 she said, we're capable of doing anything we could judge other people for. Yeah. I yes. can't believe they cheated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just hasn't been the right circumstance. No. Nor the right scenario, nor the right person for you. Tim, don't you love it when we can crawl down off of our high horse and like admit I am so freaking human. So. Given the right circumstances. Oh, my gosh. Not but, by the grace of God. But by the grace of God. Yes. But by the grace of God. That's exactly right. I'm, I'm capable of everything. It, when I say every single thing. Yeah. <laughs> we mean all things. I mean all right? things. So, I can do all things. Yeah, right. right. You know something else I was thinking about? You're going to know, hopefully know what I'm talking about. Isn't there a passage where Jesus, like there's an, the meaning of it is that 
Jesus was willing to buy, sell everything to get this field, and the field is you, is your life, your soul. And he's willing to sell everything yep. for the sake of your soul. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what, Jesus? Here's the thing. If you're willing to sell everything, including your life, yep. for the sake of my soul. Absolutely correct. Then who am I not to attend to what you paid everything to obtain? Right? Like, what good does it do if Jesus gave everything for my soul, but I... And I'm like, no, I'm not willing to go there. Wow. That's very sobering. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, very sobering. It's been sobering sobering for me. Yeah. Because I'm like, Jesus, you did all. And if I'm not willing to participate every day in what you want to do, you know, like that tender surrender to him. Yeah. Like, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. Yeah. Okay, Lord. Yeah. You know, because he did it all. Yeah, for sure. And so if I'm like, no, we're not going there. No, I'm not dealing with that. No, I'm not. No, I'm fine. You're not fine. No, we're not fine. Don't you wish we could all stop pretending that we are fine? That that, That's, you know, one of the byproducts we talked about um, during our live we talked about self-awareness yeah, and ways that you can become self-aware. Yeah, I didn't have any clinical things to throw out there. I just threw out some bootleg Dude. stuff. I was like, sta- stand naked in front of a mirror. Yeah, right. Accept yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right, you know. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm one, one of the natural byproducts of doing this work mm-hmm. is you become self-aware. Yeah, you do. But once you become self-aware yourself, you intrinsically, instinctively, subconsciously mm-hmm. become aware of others. Yes, you do. <laughs> right? You, yes. You're attuned to yourself, and that way it's once, okay, I know exactly where I am in this, now where are you? You can yeah. now cater to other people. You can. Because you've taken care of self. You can. So now you can take care of others. A self-conscious soul can't do that. Well, it's that whole love others as you love yourself. That's exactly right. And I'm yeah. like, I remember... Like, before I started therapy, I'd look in the mirror and go, okay, God, something's messed up. Yeah. Because you say I'm supposed to love others as I love me. I love others, but I hate me. Mm. You know, because I blame me for all the bad things that mm-hmm. happened to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, God, I hate me. Yeah. I mean, let's just be real here. Yeah. Like, once in a while, I'd get honest enough, look in the mirror and go, man, I hate me. Mm. I don't know how this Christian thing's going to work if I'm supposed to love me because I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Yeah. So so, so for me, I am in this position more often than not, and I know you are as well, probably 25 to 30 times more than even I, where I'm in a room and within minutes, I know where everybody is emotionally. Mm-hmm. I almost hate to see it because yeah. I'm not trying to see it. Yeah. But I'm in there and I'm like, oh, you just need a hug. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You You just tried to take all the attention mm-hmm. only because you don't want anybody to pay you any attention. You're deflecting. Yeah. <laughs> and you're using your personality. Yeah. To actually hide you. 
Yeah. Right? You're hiding behind your big old personality, you yeah. know? Or you're hiding behind your title or you're hiding behind your position. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I hate that you're over there by yourself. I know. It's sad. Well, you have a shame radar. I do. You have a shame radar. I do. Because shame was shame. We either go high and grandiose, like behind our titles, or our money, yep. or our success, or yep. how smart we are, yep. or how brilliant I happen to be. Yes, yeah, really good. Those are all ways we go grandiose, mm-hmm. which is shame. Yep. And then there's other ways where we go low, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm. I'm a failure. I'm not worth anything. I can't get it right. I can't get it together. I keep failing. And we get to see both that in our group because that's what humans do. Right. Shame causes us to go higher, or go low. Yep. The mistake we therapists have made, I believe, talking to me, because mm-hmm. empathy's high. Yep. I have a lot of empathy. As a matter of fact, what I've had to learn how to do, Tim, is how to steward my empathy. Mm. I I realize like because I'm so empathic, I could just spill it out all day yeah. and feel everybody. And I had to learn how to rein that in. Wow. And so I try to like ask people like, mm-hmm. "Hey, how is your heart today?" Mm. Instead of me just letting myself feel how they are. Yeah, it's good. Because I want to teach them how to talk about where yeah, they're at. Yes, absolutely. You know? Yeah, for so sure. I've, I've had to learn how to. But shame, we go one up or we go one down. Yep. Or you go five up and five down. Right, right, exactly. Depending on where you're on the scale. And the thing is, is that, you know, we use the word narcissism a lot in our world. which yep. It's neither good nor bad. Right. I think we have to understand that grandiosity is simply a fruit of shame. And what I like to do with myself is where did my family of origin teach me to go high and where did they teach me to go low? That's really good. That's really good. You know? And so, Tim, there's... there's I catch myself. I'm like, oh, Nancy, you're going high there. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's called grandiosity, mm-hmm. Nancy. Mm-hmm. Nancy Ann. Mm-hmm. Like, let's clean that up. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you're going low. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, being a woman, it can seem noble to go low, Tim. Mm. 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 Oftentimes, men go high and women go low. I think some of that's flipped, and now we see women going high and want to put men low. You're right. I don't think any of it works. It doesn't. No. You ain't fixing nothing. No. I've I've been in this in-between, <laughs> you know, where, I, man, I was raised in a traditional model of marriage and yeah. relationships. And then my dad was extremely, um, oh, what would you call it, like engulfed in patriarchy. Yep. Where a few men at the top benefit 
Right. At so the expense of everyone at else. At the expense of men, children, women, yep. everybody else, yep. right? Yep. But, so he would be considered one of those who benefited. Mm-hmm. You know, a white man, mm-hmm. educated, mm-hmm. makes a lot of money, mm-hmm. powerful position, mm-hmm. belongs to all the right clubs. Yep. He, he, he checked all the boxes. He, he, he had a spot at the top. For sure. Right? And so I watched that. Men, in, in that world, men went high, women went low. Have no voice. Mm. My mom, what's important to him better darn well be important to her. Mm. Mm. He creates a kingdom. She keeps it. Mm-hmm. She keeps the house, the kids, the mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. the social calendar, mm-hmm. right. So I watch that, and that's how Ron. And, I mean, Ron and I aren't into any of that crap from yeah. the get go. <laughs> we, we we're like we're not. Doing, I, I mean, I decided six. I'm not doing that. Right, 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 right. All right. <laughs> right. Yes, you did. All right, but it's yeah. but in some ways, you know, like he'd be the provider. I'm the caretaker. Uh huh. Then I get into my mid-30s and I do all this work. And then I'm like, now what? Mm. I don't I don't want to fit that world anymore. Mm-hmm. I have a self. Yes. I don't, I don't have to go high. I don't have to go low. But how do I want to develop myself? So that's when I decided I actually want an education because that's how I'm wired. Yep. I actually want a profession because that's how I'm wired. Yep. I... I gotta develop me. I gotta develop myself, but I don't want to develop myself at the exclusion of my husband or children. That's or, good, right? Yes, very good. I um, I don't want to get a voice, so then I can become one of these women who are like, I don't need a man. Women need a man, like like a goldfish needs a bicycle. Right, right, right. <laughs> Right, I don't. Right. Want, I don't want to go there either. Yeah, for sure. You don't have to swing to another extreme. Which is what we do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which for is sure. What with our everything world does. Yeah, so, absolutely. So women have gone from not having a voice to now we'll show you. Yeah. F you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. It's like, wait, hold on. Yeah. How could we all learn how to use soft power? Mm. Which soft power is for the good of me and you. You read us a scripture last week in our group. From Samuel, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what David said. Yep. Man, I loved it when you shared that scripture. Yep. I've been reading it all week. Yeah, because David basically said to Saul, mm-hmm. his father-in-law is trying to kill him all the time. Mm-hmm. Is narcissistic, grandiose. That's right. Right. That's right. He's saying, "I regarded my life." That's right. And I'm going to regard your life. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I think that's where the magic is. Yeah. I think that's where the kingdom of God is. Yeah, absolutely. I think the kingdom of God is how do I hold my life in warm regard and hold your life in warm regard? Wow. How do when my husband and I, you know, we've loved each other hard enough and fought hard enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when we're not loving each other hard, hard, but fighting hard. Yeah. How do I hold myself in warm regard and hold him in warm regard? Yeah. Because after all, he is the man I love, yep. even if I don't like him right now. That part. Right? Yeah, for sure. Imagine if we had a world where we were more like David, mm-hmm. where I'm going to hold my enemies 
and warm regard. That's right. Because after all, God made that person. That's right. And I'm going to hold me in warm regard. Absolutely correct. See, I used to know how to hold you in warm regard, but I didn't know how to hold me. Right. It was at the expense of you. Because I thought I was kind of trash. Yeah. I mean, I've been treated like I was trash. Yeah, for sure. So I didn't know how to do that. Yeah, for sure. So it's been a real journey for me. I'm still on it. Yeah. Of not just automatically going one down. Yeah. Or not going one up. Yeah. Because I think I found some ways to try to go one up too, Tim. To balance a teeter-totter. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, man, I want to quit. Do you remember being on a teeter-totter? I do. And some kid would get on there and bang you up? Yeah, absolutely. And then you'd try to get on harder and bang them up? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm (laughs) like, okay, what if in my life I'm neither going high nor low, but I'm just staying in that sweet middle spot where I can honor you and honor me? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can honor my husband's sexual desires. Yeah. And honor mine. That's absolutely correct. You know? Yeah, for sure. Where I can honor your point of view and listen to it. Yeah. And I can honor mine. Yeah. I mean, I think it's that is what the Bible is trying to teach us when it talks about mutuality. Yeah, absolutely. I I um this is something I've had to model this year. Mm. So this resonates with me mm. deeply. Mm-hmm. Um because uh i i've done my best not perfectly but i've done my best this year to hold in high regard uh people that disagree mm. with me i've watched you do it yeah while i am holding in high regard mm. myself as well Tim, you are my role model. I'm watching you. You know, I mean, I love learning from the people in my groups because yeah. I'm like, it's just like I love learning from my children. Yeah, for sure. My children taught me so much. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're good teachers. Oh my gosh, they are very and good. Teachers. You're my teacher, right? Like we're all on level ground. Yeah. I'm, I might lead this group, but you're teaching me. Yeah. And so I'm watching Tim Ross navigate. The things you've had to navigate this year. And I am so proud of you. Thank you. You are holding that space well. Thank you. And it's hard to hold. It is. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like I'm holding it sometimes when I have a firm grip and somebody comes and squirts baby oil in my hands. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not helping. No. <laughs> You're making it slippery. Yeah. You know. Really slippery, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. I don't want to go one up or one down or two up or two down or three, four, five, six. I, yeah. I'm, I want to I wanna hold in high regard what you have to say. Do as you- long as you, you don't automatically feel entitled to my agreement yes you you know do you i wonder what you're saying though here tim is so more important than we know okay i wonder if this is what happens to so many leaders who start well and in poorly Mm. because they didn't learn how to navigate the space so they just start going high every time i'm better than you i'm smarter than you i know better than you Get in your place. And you better listen to me because I'm the man and I know. Or I'm the woman and I know. 
And then they keep going up. And then we can't stand them. I mean, you know what I mean, I'm saying? And they can't stay up there. No. They wind up on the hundredth floor. Yeah. And then they're gonna die. It's gonna be a long swan dive from that. That's <laughs> you know, the top of, the top of that tower. It's gonna be a long fall. Yeah, a very long fall. And you're not gonna survive. No. Like you're not gonna be broken. You're going to be destroyed. Oh, it's so ugly. That's what I love about if we can struggle <laughs> while somebody's squirting oil in our hand mm-hmm. and we're just struggling yeah. with, Lord, how do I do this? Yeah. That's what keeps us humble. Yes, absolutely. That not knowing keeps us humble. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love the not knowing. Yeah, me too. Like, God, I have no clue. Yeah, me either. I am clueless. <laughs> I'm like I'm out here trying to do what you said. This is this is this is oily. This is very very slick territory. Oh. There's very few places to rest your feet, let alone yeah. set them without there's being a little slide. Oh, completely down. So that's that's um I'm I'm really encouraged by that. You know, I think when I think of the reason I love leadership <laughs> and working in the field of leadership, because I believe leadership is learning how to lead you. Now, I'm not saying you. I mean, this you. Yeah, no, absolutely correct. Me. Yeah, absolutely. If I can lead me. Yes. Good Lord. Oh, my goodness. Because I'm complex. Sometimes. Listen, complex, incongruent. High, low, up, down, happy, mad, sad, glad, rad, mm-hmm. all the things, right? All, all the things. Like it's 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 a very um. But this is what gives me personally that 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 um idea of self leadership, Nancy, is what gives me personally the empathy I have for other people. Oh, me too. I actually said it on um on our live. I said um. The first thing I said is that all based on what was uh, forget the story. Yeah. Bottom line is one of my responses is that all ultimatums are manipulation. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bound- yeah. boundaries and and ultimatums are two different things. Very. Ultimatums force you to do something. That's right. Boundaries just tell you what you're going to do. That's right. I'm going to do something if you do that, but That's not right. if you don't do this. Then you, you know what I mean. That's if, right. And and my statement out of frustration was, you can't even you can't even control you. No. How the hell are you going to control anybody else? You you can you can barely make you do something. That's you can right. barely stay on a diet. Yeah. You can barely get to work on time. You can yeah. barely you know keep your word to your own freaking kids. Yeah. You can barely like it's like stop. Yeah. Stop. You told yourself fourteen times this year. Yeah. That you were going to have a savings account of three grand. By June, mm-hmm. it's freaking September. Yeah, there's six hundred dollars in there, <laughs> right. but you got like four new pair of shoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. a, and a new chain. I I like to ask myself every day, Nancy, how are you leading you? Mm. And are you showing up? Did you just show up the way you wanted to in that situation? And sometimes. Tim, sometimes my answer is no. Yeah. It's no. Yeah. But you know what I like, too? 
I've gotten way more gracious for myself. Yeah. Because I used to just then beat the crap out of myself. Right, right. And just shame myself. Yep. you got to do better. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you did that. Yeah. Now I'm like, okay. Well, you're human. It's okay. Yeah. How would you like to show up next time? Mm, that's really good. Like, let's kind of role play this in your head. Yes, yeah, good. That's uh, very good. The other, last week, my hubby was anxious. It, you know, couples, you're either in harmony, disharmony, or repair. Mm. That's marriage. Mm-hmm. Welcome to marriage. Mm. Harmony, disharmony, repair. That's really good. Yeah. And really simple. Oh, my gosh. So we, we'd have some sweet, sweet, sweet weeks of harmony. Mm-hmm. Then we, dang, we're mm-hmm. in disharmony. Yeah. You know, it always sucks. Yeah. It? It's just like, Dad, what happened? Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't we just stay in harmony yeah, all yeah. the time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the answer is no. Right. I think disharmony serves a purpose because you both need to do some growth work. So good. And let's face it, none of us do growth work if we're just in sweet harmony. Yeah, for sure. We're That's just absolutely enjoying, correct. We're just enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely correct. All is well. Yeah. You know, and then you hit disharmony. It's That's like, right. Now what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so it was a super good growth week for me. His anxiety brought growth to me. Mm, that's good. This is what I discovered about me. I'm like, okay. So first, I try to soothe and smooth him. Mm. And then when that doesn't work, I go to trying to fix him. Mm. And then when that doesn't work, <laughs> then I'm going to go to control. Mm. Oh, it's a lovely little slippery slide <laughs> down that slope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So at first I'm like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. And I did that for a few days. And let me hold you. Yep. I love you. Let me pray over you. Yep. And, you know, and then he's not receiving it yep. yeah 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 <laughs> so i'm like oh i'll amp it up yeah 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 <laughs> uh this is a great picture this is why so many therapists are divorced wow i'm not kidding you because you know you know what could help him you know no i mean rule number one don't be your spouse's or children's therapist or pastor be their wife or their husband or their mommy or their daddy. I mean, stop it. Right? <laughs> we people helpers can think, oh, I got the answer, so let me help you. It's like, no, stop it. Like, no. <laughs> Nancy, you are blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I never even considered that. Really? And I know some therapists that, like, strike one, strike two. Oh, I got Strike in this three. field, and I'm like, why are so many therapists divorced? I mean, I've lost, I'm not judging. I just was no, no, absolutely curious. I, I was like just you like, just made it make sense to me. How do they're I not, trying to fix them? Yeah, how do I not get there, Lord? You know, because I love my man. I'm gonna be with my man. Yeah, for sure. I want us to last. I don't want this career to blow us up. Mm. So, but then I went there. you actually stepped and slid a little bit (laughs) man don't Uh, we don't we humans uh uh regression is part of it yep let me go back so anyway and then i'm like nancy you just tried to fix him 
Mm. Like, honey, you could journal. Honey, you could. You could, mm, you could, you mm. could. I might as well have been saying you should, you should, you should. Right, exactly. I just tried to say it a little softer. And so, you know what I love about the work I get to do? Mm. Because, like, Thursday in my group, one of the men in the group's an Enneagram 5. My husband's a 5. He's married to a 7. I'm a 7. And he's, like, he's talking about their, their relationship. And I'm like, man, I miss my man. Mm. And so at lunch, mm. I went in and closed his office door because he he works from our home. Mm-hmm. Closed the office door, locked the door mm-hmm. so we could have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I said, babe, you are the man I love. Mm. I missed you. Mm. I got impatient last night. Mm. Sevens can get impatient. Mm. I said, I got impatient, and then I went to fix. I'm so sorry. That's not what you need. Mm. You don't need me to soothe or smooth or fix. You are a grown man. You are more than competent Mm. of working through your anxieties. Mm. And my little adaptive self, Nancy, who spent her childhood trying to soothe and smooth her daddy. Yep. She popped up. Yep, little girl popped up. That little girl popped up. Yeah. this is why I think we're always going to be doing this work. Because, Tim, I got some basement children. I got some basement down, kids down that basement. You're doing the basement. I know this is the basement. But I got kids down in my basement. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were there. Oh, hi. How long have you been down there? Well, you know, I'm I'm getting older. <laughs> some might have been down there for a long time. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> like 60-some years. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were down there. <laughs> You know, so so one of my little kids popped up like, oh, I can soothe and smooth you. I know how to do that. I did that with daddy. And then when that didn't work, it's like, oh, well, I can fix you. I'm a therapist. I can fix you. I know how to. I'm like, no, as a therapist, you never fix people. That is not what this profession's about. No, for sure. I don't believe I can fix anybody. But in that moment, I was trying to fix my husband. Yeah. And I'm like, honey, I'm so sorry. Like, that's disrespectful. Yeah, for sure. And I was fragilizing you. Yeah. And you are not a fragile man. You are a big, grown-up, competent hunk of a man. And so I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? All right. I got this visual that is wrecking me right now. Based on you, what you just said about these basement kids. Yeah. So the the, vi- the visual that's f- come back in like full detail is the the vision of how the va- basement came to be in the first place. <laughs> that there's a hundredth floor, uh-huh. and then there's this basement, Ooh, right? Yeah. And so, in the basement is where like everybody was their real, authentic, true self. But what's wild about what what the nuance you just brought to this vision is that the people on the 100th floor would be completely disassociated and disintegrated yeah. from the child on the inside of them. Mm-hmm. That child is still in the basement. That child's in the basement, Tim. And you have to come off of this floor. Yeah, we do. And go down 101 stories. 
to integrate yourself mm. with yourself. With yourself. You've left a piece of you. Totally. To go reach this yeah. position, this place, yes. this status, this yes. marriage, the car, the house, the yeah. job, the career, the this, the that, the other. And it's like until you integrate yourself again, you will continue to be a disintegrated soul. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got to come out of that high tower of our mind to go back and get those little kids. Or else we show up as different people, different places. We totally do. And then our adaptive child will pop up and how it learned how to adapt. Yeah. And so that might be control, fixing, telling others what to do, how to do it. Because the adaptive child is black and white in, yeah. in its thinking. Yeah. It's rigid. Mm-hmm. It's not flexible. Mm-hmm. It's not adaptable. Mm-hmm. It it believes it's right. Yep. You know what I mean? Our wise adult is nuanced and flexible mm-hmm. and adaptable mm-hmm. and can listen and believes you've got what it takes inside to make it. Yep. And so I, you don't need me fixing you. Right. So, you know, what was sweet is that night... I just saw myself taking that little girl in my lap, mm. you know, cause I do this a lot. I practice this. This mm-hmm. is my self leadership. Mm-hmm. I take that little girl in my lap and I put my arms around her and I say, sweet baby girl. So sorry. You spent your childhood trying to soothe and smooth your daddy. Mm. And at times your mother mm. protect your brother. Well, baby girl, that was not your job. Right. And so, I'm sorry, honey. And I give her empathy. Yeah. And I validate that was a lot of hard work. Yeah. And you missed out on just being a little girl. Yeah. I'm sorry, honey. Yeah. You deserve better than that. Yeah. And so now, there's a grown-up, wise Nancy. So you can take your sticky little fingers off this driver's wheel. And now the grown-up Nancy is going to drive this bus, and you can go sit in the back and learn how to whistle. <laughs> right. Go do something. Read a comic book. E- right. Learn a cheer. Yeah. Yeah. Do the splits. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Do All something. the things that little girls want to be doing. That's exactly right. Honey, you can go do that now. Yeah. Because grown-up Nancy's now going to drive this bus. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, you taught me how to do that, and uh, I remember the conversation I, I needed to have with little Timmy. Mm. The most prominent picture is me uh, in our backyard uh, behind a yucca tree, mm. sitting down in the dirt with a Playboy magazine. Yeah. Just thumbing through the pages. Sure. And um, home wasn't safe enough. Mm-hmm to be seen and heard Mm -hmm. because of what I had to share, not because my parents didn't love me or anything. And so to go through the house, to walk through the front door, just to walk out the back door to the last corner on our property behind a yucca tree and a patch of dirt to sit and hide. Yes. It's like I had to go all the way back as Adult Timmy, through the front door, Mm. out the back door, Mm. behind the tree, and invite Tim 
back in the house. Mm. You can leave the porn magazine here. Yes. You can come in the house. Yes. We are ready to see you. Mm. And we are ready to hear you. Oh, Tim. And you don't need this anymore mm. to escape to, mm. to numb you, yeah. to medicate you. Yeah. You can share everything you want to share. Mm. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to even try to fix you. Mm. We just want to hear your story. Wow. So it's, it's. You went and got that little. I went and got little Timmy. You went and got that little boy who had experienced sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and then isn't it interesting how then you're using sex to try to soothe you. Correct. Sexual images. Right, absolutely. Eroticism. Yep. To try to soothe that part. Right. That got traumatized and terrorized. Yeah. By the same topic. That's exactly right. Yeah. The opposite of what harms you does not heal you. No, it doesn't. I say that all the time to our community. It's a um, it's a very cheap Band-Aid. <laughs> isn't, isn't it too? It's a very cheap band-aid. Like it doesn't even stick. No. It doesn't even have an adhesive to it. How did it feel for you to go get that little boy who'd been hiding out there behind the tree with porn for so long? It was actually scary. Yeah, it is. It was scary for me because um, I, I, I've talked with you about this. I was deathly afraid that even as an adult, I would just sit down and join them. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. Let's look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. just sit down and enjoy this. Yeah. You, you know, um, yeah. I'll sit back here with you. I don't even know if, it, as an adult, if mm-hmm. I'm safe enough to be seen and heard, you know. Yeah. Um, Am I at a place as an adult that I can lead you? That's exactly right. So... You had done a lot of work to get to that place. Yeah, absolutely. Where you felt safe enough yeah. as adult Tim yep. to go get that little Timmy. Yeah, that's right. Wow. So so I remember one of the, um, this is a very small statement that Paul makes, and it bothered me to no end. When I tell you it bothered me, I was mad at Paul for writing it. I thought how the audacity that you even think Mm -hmm. you could write something like this, but what it did is it triggered me. Mm -hmm. And here's the statement. Follow me as I follow Christ. Oh, follow me as I follow Christ. That statement triggered me because I literally thought to myself, how is this guy going to presume that if you follow him, you'll get to Jesus? Nobody... That's some type of, I don't know if that's certainty or confidence. I think that's pride. Like, who do you think you are, Paul? Mm-hmm. But what the, but the, the big trigger was, I didn't think I could lead me out. Mm-hmm. So if I can't tell little Timmy to follow me, because mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm safe for him to follow. Yeah. How could I ever tell anybody else? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it took a long time yes. to integrate yes. to where I felt that Timmy would be safe enough that I said, it. come over here with me. Oh, 
too. That we could go in the house and we're going to sit down. And I'm going to let you talk and I'm just going to listen. Because that's what you need. Love you me. don't need images. You don't need masturbation. You don't need ejaculation. You don't need the dopamine hit that comes with that. You don't need sex with anybody else. You actually just need to talk and be heard and not try to be fixed. And be held. And be held. You are willing to mm-hmm. hold mm-hmm. that little boy at last. That's right. Man, Tim. Yeah. That ooh, makes my heart so happy. Because I love that little Timmy in you. I do, too. And he had been waiting for oh, you. Oh, y- yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of times, Tim, well, let me put in a question. Do you think most of us spend most of our lives thinking the answers are outside of ourselves? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we go search everywhere. Everywhere. Right? We go take every test and we do every little new personality thing that comes out. And we, I love those things because they give you information. They give you some insight. Insight. But everybody's... Right. They go get, you know, new year, new you. Right. And they'll go change their color of their hair. They'll change the style of it. They'll drop 40 pounds. They'll buy new clothes. They'll get new frames. Right. They'll paint their nails. They'll. That's why I stopped doing goal setting in our group. Instead. (laughs) Right. You, You notice that. I, we used to do, you know, our stretch goals. Every, yes, every I year. remember those. Our stretch goals. Those are, they, they're gone. They're I didn't gone. even notice you You just stopped doing it. The reason <gasps> I stopped doing them is because I wanted us to start sitting with, what do you want? Mm. What do you want? That's good. And what are you doing, not doing yeah. to get what you want? That's the work we've been doing for the last two years. Yeah. And and look at you. Yeah. You sat with that. You sat with it because it's scary. To oh, yeah. S- to sit. Oh, yeah. The reason we don't like to talk about desire in the Christian community. Yeah. Because we're too scared to sit with it. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. <gasps> it is so true. That's so good. I wrote in that little book, I wrote, Then God Made a Woman. Mm-hmm. That desire is owning the want. I was talking about sex, you know. Yeah, for sure. But I think that applies to all of our lives. Yeah. What do you want? Yes. And how are you sabotaging yourself? And you know what I've watched you do in the last two years? Hmm. I watched you sit with what you want. Yes, you did. And I've watched you make a lot of big changes. Yes, I have. And look at you, what you're doing now. Yeah. Like you brought together your abilities and capacities. Like, I mean... I think now you're rapping at the start of your show. I got, I, <laughs> and I'm like, did you write that? That was freaking brilliant. Now you're, I mean, you're doing these things where you, they were desires, but you had no outlet for it. I had zero outlet for it. It was never going to happen with no. me being a pastor. 
and, ever. But you sat with your desires. Yeah. And you worked through your biggest fears. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yes. the day you did it. Uh-huh. You, uh-huh. When you got there, like, you gripped your chest. Yeah. Because you were feeling it in your whole body. Yeah. This is my big assumption. Yep. Yep. And then you worked through your big assumption. That's right. And then I watched you. Yeah. Now you're able to really hone in yep. on your desires. Absolutely. Desires don't have to be so scary, but we make them. Why are we so afraid? Um, I, I think when it comes to desire, I think there's a lot of guilt and shame around desire. I do too. And I think for myself, I, I would say that the shame around my desire was I, I'm undeserving of them. Yes. Like to even utter it would be blasphemous. Yeah. Because I'm self-aware and you know everything about me. <laughs> and so between the two of us, it would be disrespectful to even bring this up. Mm. To even verbalize this mm-hmm. would be audacious. Yeah. And the height of hubris. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, but working through that, I'm I mean that that goes down to you know, giving away my maxima and buying a Tesla. Mm-hmm. Right? I would have never I I had a inner vow that would not let me buy a one hundred thousand dollar car. Aren't we funny? Yeah. You and I were working through that uh-huh. about the same time. Yes, we were. We, Absolutely. We both bought cars. That's exactly right. Time. That's exactly right. And I had to, I, I think I fought with God about it for six months. Yeah. And then after I bought it, yeah. I fought with him for six more months about <laughs> it. And I'm like, okay. <sighs> but I think he finally accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. Yeah. Me. Yeah. But it was a battle. It was a battle. Because we can feel so unworthy. Yeah, that's right. That it's okay yeah. to desire and it's okay to pursue our desires. Yeah. I think when it comes to like sex, yeah. I think we can be so afraid. Yeah. Like, oh man, if I pursue my desires, I'm gonna have sex with everybody. It's like, no, you won't. No. <laughs> like stop. <laughs> stop. We get these wild ideas. Yeah. We don't even know how to think about desire in a godly way. Yeah. Well, I've I've seen um and and talk to so many men and women who um you know my statement that I always make is whatever doesn't come up and out of your mouth through words will come up and out of your body through actions oh boy will it ever right and i i i I talk to these men and these women who feel unfulfilled sexually yes within the confines of their other marriage Mm -hmm. but will jump in the arms of a stranger yes. and be a complete freak. Yes. And it's like, what lie did you believe that made you feel like you can't bring that home yes. or that you couldn't have that with, with the person you love. Yeah. And committed to. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, but there's a fear of rejection. Totally. Right. So I make an assumption yes. about what you would or would not do. And that's how I wind up, you, you know, wearing leather chaps and <laughs> right. I don't know. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I got a whip in my hand right. with some dominatrix, yes. you, you know, at two o'clock in the morning right. telling you that I'm working late, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a. You know, do you think that's why? I mean, the Bible is so exquisitely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's hard for us to 
get the to comprehend the depths of it. Yeah, but for do sure. You, do you think that's why God was inviting married couples to be naked and unashamed? Oh, absolutely correct. Like if I'm being naked with my husband, I mean, figuratively, literally, you know, all the yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like, wouldn't it be like, hey, I'm gonna be vulnerable enough with you? Yeah. To share. Yeah. It's maybe some fantasy, some desire. Yeah, absolutely. Some, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like. Or are we too self-protected? Oh, we're, we're absolutely self-protected. And we, we are protecting. What are we protecting most? We're protecting ourselves from rejection. There we go. And so the communicate, the thought of even communicating desire. Yeah. Right? And what would be pleasurable or what I would like to do yeah. is so paralyzing that the alternative is I'll just do it with someone else, mm. which is oh. the whole thing's a fabricated lie. Oh, it is. And right? Then, yeah. And then and then I, I have so much ache for people who like that because then I know, oh, man, you know, I don't know. I don't know how long an orgasm lasts. Maybe it's different for everybody. But let's say tops 30 seconds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah know, for okay. sure. Yeah. And I'm like. Oh, that's that right maybe you, you could die and go to heaven in 30 seconds i know right maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's five seconds i don't know i i don't have my watch um, but i'm like man and then you're gonna have this guilt and shame and remorse and now there's gonna be secrets between you and your spouse and yeah you're not gonna be able to look them in the eye and you're not yeah. gonna you're gonna quit being honest and you're gonna withdraw more and more and then this other thing will look more appealing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's such a slippery slope. Yeah. Just breaks my heart. It does. It does. It does. I don't have any judgments. No, I'm, no. I, I'm just like, man, that's. Do that, the harder thing. It, uh, boy, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if we could learn how to do. Do the harder thing. The harder thing and have yeah. hard conversations with yeah. our people. Our Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've, I've sat down with people and just told them, okay, uh, say exactly what you Desire. Yeah. Express your desire. Yeah. You, you, you're not responsible if you're, whether or not your spouse wants to collaborate with you on that. Yeah, no. But vulnerability says you have to tell your spouse. Yeah, you do. What your desire is. Yeah. And you, you know, if a man's ways please the Lord, you know, God will give him the desires of their heart. Yes. So... I'm a very simple, basic person. Me too. I'm really basic. Me too. Um, when a man's ways please the Lord, when my, so, okay, thank you, Lord. I then conclude, if that's true of God, I wonder how much of that is true of Jew. Yeah, right. Right. I think Juliet is, let me see if I can please her. Mm. And if I can please her, she might give me the desires of my heart. Yeah, right? she might. Yes. And does. I just need I need that to go on record. Yeah. And does. Yes. So yes. I, I just, I, I, but it took me a long time to get there. Yeah. Because so much of my sexual trauma and then the way um, I learned about sex and sexuality was mm -hmm. just a lie. So I, when, when, yeah. you, when you've been taught by a lie... You learn the lie, and then you ask for the lie. <laughs> well, it's, it's the only menu you've read off of. That's absolutely correct. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, if chicken nuggets is the only thing on the menu. Then you're going to order chicken nuggets. So it it, it just saddens me that we don't... I, I appreciate that you have honest conversations yeah. about human sexuality. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, whether you're preaching or here. Yeah. Or that you do that on a regular basis. I'm so grateful for that. Well, I'm grateful you do it too. No, oh, Because um, um, w- without normalizing the conversation... Yeah. First of all... People are too afraid to have it. They are. Period. Yeah. Even when it's normalized. Yeah. Like you normalize it and people are still like, uh, like, like, <laughs> I'm not going to disclose the place. Okay. Yeah. I won't disclose where, w- w- I won't disclose where this happened. Yeah. What I will disclose is a person had to talk about sex and sexuality and they had to say the word vagina. They're leading up to the word and their voice is getting shaky. Yeah. Yeah. Leading up to the word. And I'm like, what about the word vagina? I know. Causes so much anxiety. I know. It's a body part like your nose or your ears. I mean, it's a body part. It's a body part. It's a body part. I, I, um, uh, before, before me calling Jesus a stripper Mm -hmm. and me, um, saying, uh, strong words. Mm-hmm. That people refer to as curse words, which mm-hmm. are actually cuss words, <laughs> right? Um, uh, <laughs> before all that, do you know? Do you know what they were mad at me about? Because they've always been mad at the the the, the peanut gallery or yeah. however you want to, whatever we want to call them. Um, they they've always been mad about something. The peanut gallery always is right. They don't have the courage to get on the field. Shondo, thank you. I've been I've been watching Coach Prime. Yes. Oh, my word. I have so much respect for that man. Like, he's my one of my new role models. I'm like, dude. And the football players? Yes. Oh, my God. And their, their mental toughness? Yes. Their mental resiliency? Yeah. And they'll say, I just need to get my head right. That's right. Do you know how rare that is? That's right. We spend most of most of the people in our world including, you know, yeah. this, this is our capacity. Yeah, for sure. Just say, if you'd get your head right, my head would be just fine. Wow. Right? Right. It's very true. And yet Coach Prime is like, oh, no, 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 no. That is not how we're thinking. That's exactly you right. you got to get you right. That's exactly right. You, you, get, you are not responsible for anybody else. Tim, I love that man. It's a game changer. I wish I could just go, like, be their team therapist. Just so I could be around him. He's amazing. No, he is amazing. Okay, sorry. I just man. sidetracked us. No, no, no. It's all good. It's Do you all remember good. where we were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you're, I think I do. Where, 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 <laughs> sorry. Where was I? I was like, do you remember? Yeah. The peanut, ba- peanut, oh, gallery. peanut gallery. Peanut gallery. Okay. Won't get on the field. Yeah, they, they won't get yeah. on the field. Do you know yeah. what they were mad about? What? Before stripping, before strong language, what? clitoris. You're kidding me. They were mad about clitoris. Oh, I am all about the clitoris. I am too. I'm all about clitoracy. I am all about clitoracy too. To me, clitoracy is as important as literacy. I am I am a literate, literal clitoralist. There you go. I don't even know if I made there that. We, there we go. It. Yeah, but whatever it is, I am that. I'm like, if your kids, you, you want your kids to know how to read, don't we all? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they better be informed. Yeah, they need to be informed. So, so I literally, and literally, it was, here's what was interesting. Yeah. I was talking as a man mm-hmm. to men yeah. about pleasuring their wives. Yeah. Yeah. 
the largest group of people responding in anger were women. Interesting. And I thought to myself, maybe your clitoris hasn't been touched. Well, that is so interesting. Well, you know what? Maybe not. I just thought to myself, why would you be mad? I'm trying to, especially if you're married, I'm actually trying to help you out. I'm talking to men. I, I I think it goes deeper. Please help. I think there's some belief system that women have had so pounded into them. Mm. Sexual pleasure is not for you. That is a that is a aha moment for me right now. We do uh, we have aha moments at the end of the day <laughs> after every uh process group therapy. So I'm getting my aha moment right now with Nancy. Yeah. It's not That's what it is. It's not for you. So don't you tell me that God gave me a body part that's only purpose is for pleasure. Don't you dare tell me that. They literally felt like I was objectifying them. That's right. And it's like, no, 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 no. Your Tim was not objectifying you. Tim is trying to give you hope that God and his gorgeous, spectacular design of female. I wrote a whole Because it is gorgeous and spectacular. I wrote a whole Child, little book please. on this because I'm like, we gotta learn how to celebrate mm-hmm. female sexuality. You better. I will. Because, you know, well, here's the thing. If a man, if a woman will allow and help her husband figure out how she's pleasured sexually, then she will please him. Mm-hmm. She'll be so pleased. She'll please him. Listen. And she'll be so pleased. It, her pleasure will please him. I bet you. I will. mean, it's like double the pleasure, double the fun. Absolutely. Double mingo. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And the clitoris is amazing. It is. I mean, it's like this spot. whole wishbone. It's it like. Is. It is. It's the vulva area. It is. And if women think, like only 30% of females orgasm from intercourse. Right. Correct. And I, and probably the reason they're orgasming during intercourse, because they figured out how to stimulate their clitoris while they're having intercourse. You know, you know yep. either pressing against his body right. or using his hand, her hand, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And so they figured it out. Mm-hmm. And so women can think, I don't even like intercourse. I'm like, that's because your clitoris has not been aroused right the clitoris is the mirror image to the male penis it is yes yes and so it equally gets engorged right it 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 gets erect just like a male penis yes now it can be hard to find yeah so that's why females have to figure out where is it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and then and then they have to remember my man is not inside of my body so now I have to teach him, communicate to him, mm-hmm. and you need to do that in verbal and nonverbal ways, yep. teaching him how to bring you pleasure. And he's got to be humble enough to be willing to learn. That part. That part. You can't walk in like I'm about to. Is this not a UFC fight? No, it's not, bro. Like all of this, there, there's so many men that have all of their verbiage and idioms and their colloquialisms around sex are like a fight. Oh. 
I'm about to smash. I'm yeah. about to pound. Yeah. I'm about to break you off. Yeah. I'm about to break your back. Yeah. I'm about to. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it's like, oh. that's. That sounds violent. That sounds violent. I don't want, who wants that? But let's face it. If porn is the main educator, porn is violent. It is. And so it's teaching men, like, hey, this is what erotic is. Yeah. Is violent. Yeah. You know, there's some little girls who've seen porn and they're like, it's terrifying. It's violent. I never want to do that. I'm like, honey, that's not what lovemaking is. Right. That is violent. Yeah, it is violent. And it, it, I, I'm so sad of how porn has traumatized our world. Mm-hmm. And I think every little boy, every kid, every man who's seen it, every woman who's seen it, it is traumatizing you. It's, it, in some way or another, it, it's, it may be traumatizing your, your what could be sweet sex between you and your spouse. Mm-hmm. It's traumatizing your brain. It's taking up your brain space. Absolutely correct. Do you know now we have so many young men who are struggling with erectile dysfunction because of porn? Jeez. One of the ways to help heal and solve erectile dysfunction is to stop looking at porn. Wow. It, it damages your prefrontal cortex. It can damage the courting center of your brain, the relationship yes, center. Yes, absolutely correct. You know? So then we stop pursuing relationships. Yeah. You know, what you and I have talked about, you can go to an airport, you and I are people watchers, right? Yeah, like yeah. We spend time in airports. Yeah. And just watching, I'm like, how come these young men aren't looking at these beautiful young girls that are walking by? Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's got all filled up on porn masturbation this morning. That's absolutely correct. You know, and I'm like, they're not hungry. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you need to be hungry. Yes. You need to be hungry because God created you to go, wow, that's a pretty female. Wow, what if I went over and said hi? Absolutely correct. What if I introduced myself? Yeah. What if I said, hey, do you have time for a cup of coffee? Yeah. What if I gave her my phone number? Yeah, absolutely correct. What if I pursued something with a real human? That's exactly right. That's a lonely life to spend having auto sex which means by yourself, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. you, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what's car sex? I mean, what's auto sex? <laughs> There's car sex now? Yeah. Are people humping cars? <laughs> yeah, it's happened a couple of times. Well, that's why I thought maybe I should clarify. No, no, I, 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 I got you. <laughs> so there is a, um, I read this article like maybe three or four years ago. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was five or six, but. Because of 2020, I lose like two years. And so I don't, so yeah. it could have been four years ago. It could have been six. I can't remember. But Canada had approved a brothel in a town where it was unprecedented because it was the first of its kind. The only thing in the brothel were sex dolls. Like the lifelike silicone flesh dolls. Wow. So no human women. Just the sex dolls. And then you you could pay to come in there and spend time with the sex doll. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, you know what I think it all boils down to? Attachment disorders. That's what it is. Yeah. I think that... When we come out of our mommy's body, 
I mean, you know, let's let's think about this. God could have made us come out of a little egg that mommy sat on. True. Or daddy sat on. What, True. Who? Somebody. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it's instead, true. no, we are shaped and formed inside of a body. It's a very intimate experience. I felt intimately connected to my sons before I gave birth to them. Absolutely correct. Of course you did. Yes, that's right. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I knew them. It took Ron a while to get to know them, but I knew this person because he'd been living in my body for nine months. Right? And then a child is meant to come out of the womb and be put into mommy's arms and at mommy's breast. Yes. Because that's what attachment from the get-go, it's very intimate. Yep. It's body to body. It's skin to skin. That's right. That's correct. It's warm. It's nurturing. Yeah. So imagine a baby who's born, and mommy's life is so tough, she has no way to figure this out. Or mommy doesn't want this baby. Mm. Or Ooh. mommy and daddy are in such a horrible place. Yeah. That... She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm bringing a kid into this. Or maybe she's never received warmth right, or nurturance. And so she holds that baby in a cold, distant way. Right? Yeah. And so we've got all these humans that are starving for warmth mm-hmm. and nurturance and attachment because that is what God made us Four. That's good. And the enemy comes up with an amazing scheme called porn. Mm-hmm. Let me give you something that will feel similar. And so then we attach to images. And you know, porn is always filled with women who look like they want you. Right. Right. Right? It it feels like right. welcoming and warm. Yeah, absolutely. I get why it's so appealing. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I have no I have no beef there. Yeah, absolutely. I get why our world is being raised up. Yeah. But I'm saddened because God wants so much more for oh, all of us. Absolutely correct. And and if we didn't get attachment in childhood, like some of mine was disrupted. Yeah. When my dad was acting out, my mom was not available. Yeah. Nor was she warm. Yeah. She could be cold. Yeah. And so it's like this marriage is now a second opportunity for me and for my husband. Yeah. To learn when we're triggered, how do we not withdraw from each other? Right. Right. That's right. When we're, you know, fight, flight, freeze, or fold. How how do we calm our brains down yeah. and reconnect yeah. and re-solidify attachment? And honestly, a husband and wife making love is a way to reaffirm and renegotiate that attachment over and over and over and over. That's exactly right. It's our, it's the glue. It's the glue, Tim, isn't it? Okay. Well, what you and I are talking about, like to talk about the glue. It's a glue. It's glue. Sex is glue. Sex is glue. And it's good glue. That's why I, I'm, I'm so, I'm so pro married sex. Me I, too. I want all married couples having sex on a, a relatively regular basis, mm-hmm. because 
it can be about restoring attachment over and over and over. What were you going to say, buddy? I the Holy Spirit brought this back to me. Oh, memory. good, I love it. And I'm th- this is I have very few locked notes mm-hmm. in my phone. Yeah. Okay. But this one was locked. Mm-hmm. And uh, December 11th, 2019, mm-hmm. at 1.47 p.m., mm-hmm. conversation with Nancy, 12.10. Wow, there it is. <laughs> I flash it real quick so y'all wouldn't try to pause it and then try to read what I put on here. <laughs> Nobody do that. Uh, <laughs> yes, they would. Um I have abandonment and attachment issues. Mm-hmm. Abandonment equals will you leave me? Mm-hmm. Attachment equals can I connect to with you? My conversation with you on December 10th, it was a phone call. It was not in person. December 10th of 2019, you put like a final piece to the puzzle on the journey I have been going on for a long time trying to figure out my um, sexual brokenness to uh, those feelings. I didn't have words for it Mm -hmm. until you said it. You were like, your core trauma is attachment and abandonment, and this is what made pornography the perfect storm for you because it answers both even though they're lies Mm -hmm. it gives you a false sense of attachment yeah and it gives you a false sense of security Mm -hmm. it's always there yeah it's always available it's not gonna leave you it's never gonna leave the video clip is always there always the image is always there yes and it was like this huge like Mm -hmm. that's what that is yeah it was such a breakthrough for me yeah because to have language is to have freedom Mm -hmm. Mm. amen i love language (laughs) psalm 90 psalm 94 uh psalm 94 17 king james Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have dwelt in silence. A soul that cannot cry out dies. That's true. That's beautiful, Tim. And so if you only have feelings but never have words, you're going to die. Yeah. Because you're trapped in your feelings. You need words to heal. Yes, you do. Your brain needs words Mm -hmm. to heal, not feelings. Mm -mm. It needs words. It does. It needs language. It needs language. Language rules the world, right, Tim? It does yeah. rule the world. Yeah, it does. That's trying. To, that's why I'm trying to learn at least a second one. Mm. <laughs> like, because language does actually rule the world. So you're sort of a language master, a guru. You're. I texted you the other day. I'm like, dang, you could have all the words. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great text exchange, though. And that it gave we, me so much. We had such a great text yeah, exchange. Yeah, that was great. We're just trying to figure out together what does scripture really say here. Absolutely, we wrestled it down too. We wrestled it I, down, at least for us. I, and that was my last statement. It's like, dude, you have all the words. <laughs> I was honestly, I was kind of jealous. <laughs> I mean, you're just like Tim. You got all the words. <gasps> Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what the word is. I love. I do. I love words, yeah, and I always do. have my dictionary up. 
Anytime my boys ask me, Daddy, what does this word mean? I always take them to the dictionary. I love I that. never just go, oh, I know what the word means and rattle yeah. it off. I'm like, let's go read it. Yeah. So. I think that's why scripture says, you know, like I love the idea of, you know, we've used the word submit a lot with women. Um, but reading it in another translation, it says women, you know, like be be sensitive to your husbands mm. and be tenderly devoted to him. Mm. And what, like, a, what a what a better way. A better word. Because submit has is yeah. just loaded and oh. makes people freeze up at this point, oh, right? It's been like, what do you call that, whack-a-mole? Yeah. You know, if anything, a woman says anything, we get out the hammer and submit, you know, and that'll solve everything, you know. There, there was, there, <laughs> I, I watched a clip, uh, it kind of went viral. Um, I, for some reason, it wound up on my feed. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they were going over the they were the the officiant was performing a wedding. Mm-hmm. He's doing the vows, and he says, "You know, the woman's doing the vows," and he says, "Obey him." Mm-hmm. And she stops and looks at him, and mm-hmm. she's like, "I don't remember us talking about that." Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, we, we talked about this is the middle of our wedding." Yeah, yeah. And he was he was like, "We did talk about this and." We talked about this in your counseling. She was like, oh, I don't remember all that. And then he was like, should we just move on? And she was like, yeah, let's just move on. And I thought to myself, first of all, it's pretty ratchet. Yeah. But secondly, it was just like, if you knew the power of what was being asked, that word, and maybe that word needs to be nuanced and changed in the same way sub- submit yes. is yeah. so that you you don't lose the power. It's a cheat code. Yeah. Obedience is a cheat code. It, it, <laughs> right? it, it totally is, too. Right? Like it's, totally. it's, it's not meant to be used as a hammer. A hammer. Yeah. And used as control and used as no. you don't have speak up rights and you have no authority and yeah. doesn't mean any of that but if that's not explained I know. then the beauty is robbed the essence of it is that's just why i tainted. like this version said tenderly devoted and i'm like you know when you think about being tenderly devoted to your spouse it it just implies like these loyalties mm-hmm. it it implies these priorities yeah it implies that I will, because I'm tenderly devoted to my man, I will have honest conversations mm-hmm. with him. I will, you know, really look at how am I making room for him? Yeah. You know, where am I going high or low with him instead of just loving him? Yeah. You know, it just changes everything. It does. It does. I call it relational bravery. Mm. Right? It takes a lot of courage to be tenderly devoted. Mm-hmm. It means I'm not going to let my heart get hard. Yeah. I'm not going to be harsh with him or myself. Yeah. I'm going to stay with him in this. Yeah. And we will figure it out. Yeah, we will. That's Juliet and I. We yeah. will figure it out. Yeah, we will. We will figure it out. Yeah. Somebody asked us recently, so what's the key to almost 50 years of marriage? I'm like, 
we always find our way back to each other. Mm. You know, and that's what we just keep practicing. That's so honest. Yeah, right. It's not like the, we hold hands and take a walk every night no. at 6 p.m. No. Because no, we didn't. <laughs> not raising four kids in our 20s. You can take a walk holding hands and be royally pissed with each other. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, that Tim, that's the thing. I get so tired of it. Like leadership's about doing one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's about this inner work. That's right. Of you learning how to lead your basement children. That's exactly. <laughs> Girl, you have no idea the type of language you give me today. God. If you can lead all them basement children, you can lead. <laughs> right? And and same with marriage. It's not that we go for a walk and or we have sex on Thursday nights. It's like, stop. Just stop. Everybody stop. It's about that we've turn, kept turning towards each other for 50 years. Can I just say, and this is no shade on anybody that has to calendar their sex. I know. No, it's not, right? No shade no at shade. all. No. But God forbid I ever have to just have on the calendar sex with Juliet on Thursday night. I know. We never have because we agreed at the beginning of our married life, we will keep sex on the front burner. Amen. And so we will keep this priority. So that means we show up for each other. Absolutely correct. You know? Oh, absolutely. And and so now I've worked with couples where they didn't. Yeah. And so I'm like, you guys, we need to start scheduling sex. Oh, absolutely. I've I've done that as well. Right. Cause, yeah. Because you got to start making this part of yeah, your life. Yeah. You got to get it into a rhythm. Yeah. Because yeah. they had no rhythm. Right. Absolutely. You know, feel the rhythm, feel the heat. And there's something a song. <laughs> there, there. <laughs> There is a song that says that. <laughs> Sorry. The next thing I was about to say on yes. top of that, though, which I think Feel the Rhythm, Feel the Heat actually yeah. is appropriate for is, and I'm so sorry to go back to this, yeah. but just don't make it a clip. That way yeah. I don't get in trouble. Right. If a husband finds his wife's clitoris, yeah. I doubt he'll have to worry about a calendar. No. She'll be like, you come here. Yeah. <laughs> right? yes. Since you know where it is now. Yes. Come here now, right? Like, well, and oftentimes females start in sexual neutrality. Mm. You know, after she's had a couple kids or been with them for, you know, yeah, women kind of slip into sexual neutrality. Mm. You know, and so as he starts even kissing her, he's got more dopamine in his system. So his dopamine starts calming her brain, and then as he caresses her and starts touching her clitoris then she can move from first, second, third, fourth gear pretty quickly. Yep. You know, or maybe not, maybe slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on where her head is at. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so I think so much of sex is really about what is going on in our brain. And if I as a woman are like, oh, I don't deserve sex. I don't deserve mm, pleasure. That um, That's the aha. I'm, I'm telling I'm, you, that's the aha. I'm just here. He, it he, makes so much sense to their responses. It does. It makes so much sense to Yeah. Them. And if it's like, no, it's my duty to give him sex. I got to give him sex every now and then. Ugh. You know, right? Yeah. <laughs> then, then, you know, her mentality is like, I come to bed like, dude, give me some pleasure. Yeah. I mean, you know, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because I know that gives him pleasure. Yeah, for sure. And and it's just so mutual and so sweet. Yeah. And it's But it's a mentality. It is a mentality. It's a mentality that, you know, we got to develop that. I am worthy of experiencing 
pleasure yeah. in my body. Yeah. And my body is good. It's not betraying me. Right. So sometimes when people have sexual trauma, their bodies may have responded to touch yeah. because we've got automatic sexual nervous systems. Yeah. Our bodies will respond to sexual stimuli, whether it's good or bad or indifferent. Point blank, period. You know, yeah, yeah. You can be reading some nasty old story that's gross. Yeah. But if it's sexually, your body can still arouse. Absolutely correct. Be aroused. Yeah. So, so you're just normal. So that's yourself, all it means. That's all it means. Just yeah, go, absolutely. Oh, I'm normal. Everything's working. Good. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, for sure. I, I, um, you know, you saying that makes me think about, uh, uh, you know, you, you, we talk to a lot of men who are single. Yeah. Some who are not even believers, and they're like, "Bro, yeah, I'm not gonna like not be yeah having sex with all these women." And yeah. how do you deal with that? And there's no yeah. way a, a man can stay faithful. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I tell him, I'm like, I can be out and about. Attraction is not planned. right? You don't plan to be attracted to somebody. No. But if I'm attracted to somebody, if I see a woman and she's attractive, I'm like, oh, yeah. amen. Like, yeah. I always bless God for her parents. Yeah. Like, they did a good one right there. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? They yeah. That collaboration made yeah. a good human being right yeah. there. Praise God, right? Right. And then it makes me hungry. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have a sexual appetite, yeah. So it makes me hungry, and I'm. The, my next thought is, I can't wait to get home so I can eat. Yeah, be home with your wife. Yeah, like it. Yeah. It's not like a. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm out here, and therefore because I'm attracted to this person, I must want to have sex with that person no. and this person. And it's yeah. like no, I I got food at home, yeah. and when I get home, I'm gonna eat really good. Ron, I had a pastor. He's he's dead and gone now, but he used to say. And why would I trade in, let me see, my my very fine Cadillac in my garage for some, you know, a few seconds spin in somebody's Volkswagen? Mm. <laughs> you know, or something like that. Yeah, 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 for right? sure. Yeah, that's it's, what it is. It's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've got a fine wine at home. A very fine. Right. And I'll just, fine. yes, I'm feeling attraction. Yeah. that's That means I'm normal. Where I'm, do a, we get I'm alive. The, I'm where human. do we get the idea that we've got to have sex with everything that's attractive? That's a dumb idea. Then I guess people would be humping mountains, I lakes. Guess, I guess so. Would just Cute be, koala bears. Uh-huh. Yeah. It'd be out of, I mean, you know. It's right. out of control. It's out of control. It gets out of control. And quick. it's just dumb thinking. It is very, well, it's, it's dumb and it's very... Base nature, primitive caveman thinking. I'm sorry that the world has told some men that that's all they are. That is not. It's not. Can you imagine just trying to live up to that performance standard? No, no, you are not. You are not a performer. No. I sometimes have to remind my husband of that because there's so much performance commercials on TV. Yeah. You know, for for how to have better, harder, longer erections. And I'm just (laughs) like, honey. Yeah. You're a human. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, for sure. You're not a performer. Yeah. So you men, none of you are performers. And none of you are animals. Mm. You are beautiful men made in God's image and his likeness. And that is who you are. I love you. Okay, Nancy, you're going to have to come back, and then we'll talk about all things relationships. Okay. <laughs> we mixed some stuff in. But we, we, we mixed know, it in, we but we'll, 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 we'll do laps around the pool the <laughs> next time. Okay. Um, uh, I know y'all want her back. I'm telling you now, you've got to come back because mm-hmm. it's just, you being here is, it's, it's, a, it's a little 
kiss of heaven mm. to have you here. Wow. Like, and and I'm grateful for you all to meet her because uh, a lot of who I am today is because of the time I've spent with this mm. woman. So, and you can see why. I mean, it's mutual. It's not, it ain't hard to tell. It's mutual, my friend. Yeah. And she is working on her own podcast, so there's going to be a lot more content for her. Oh, where all the all the dwellers can just consume all of this. And I promise you, you're going to need to. So um, we'll Tim, have Tim. You've been so gracious to me and generous. Oh, you know what you've done for me. Hmm. You have shared your amazing team with me. Absolutely correct. Which is, is going way above and beyond. Our friendship, even. No, not for me. Well, I feel that way. Yeah. I feel incredibly grateful that Hector, your producer, is going to produce my podcast. Absolutely. Content. No, it's in, uh, well, we need it. We need your content. Mm -hmm. We need your voice. We need your content. We need to have um, a space. One of the things that I'm very, very aware of is that um, as safe of a space that I've created, um, I've created as um, a recipient mm-hmm. of therapy, not as a therapist. And so there's some people that, that attempt to play the role of therapist yeah. when they're just a client of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, I've been doing it for 25 years, so yeah. I, I know, I know um, how to navigate people, but I know where to drop them off and I know where to pass them off mm-hmm. to. And your podcast is going to be a place and a space that we get to pass people mm-hmm. off to for them to really grow um, in the awareness of their mental health. And so mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to help. Thank you. Get your voice in the space where people can hear it. You so. are such a kind, generous man. So thank, thank you. Thank you. I love you so much. I love you, man. Love you. And we love you. And until next time, peace. So press B with me and let's let whatever gon' be just be. Uh, yeah. So press B with me and let's let whatever gon' be just be.